0: A word to the wise, we are an explicit podcast titling content with adult themes as well as entering spoiler territory if you aren't caught up with us, which is through chapter 43 of Jade War. Jade War. Hey there, this is Cross. And I'm PJ.
1: And I'm Ben.
2: I'm Aaron, hey.
0: And I am Thomas. And We Are Words and
2: Whiskey, a podcast for veteran and novice readers alike, we tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking. You should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club. Hey, hey Aaron, how are you? (laughs) Great. (laughs) Just got back from Jazz Fest. Woohoo. Nice. In
3: New Orleans. That's not how How they talk. Dons. Exhausting. (laughs) It was exhausting. (laughs) You know, when you're 35, it's harder to recover from such this debauchery. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I saw but some like three fun. thirty a.m. stories. And, yes. you know it was great. I
3: want everyone to know that I would not stay up that late ever, it, except for my husband. Like, will not leave the bar, so I just have to stay and make sure he doesn't die.
0: It's very oh, the nice. Spirit of, of jazz and the, the jam,
3: you'll, You're watching a jam band. They go in on at one thirty. By the time they end, it's four a.m. and you're like. Well, where'd all the time go? It's like being in a casino. You don't know what time it is.
4: Want to go get breakfast?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We had a sketchy Uber situation where I brought my New York out and screamed at him and told us to let us out of the car.
1: Wow. So. We wouldn't let you leave?
3: I was like, I'm going to fucking kill you. (laughs) So he finally pulled over. Wow. Yeah.
1: He was looping
2: around in circles or what was he? He was
3: like either on opioids or falling asleep or something he like ran a red light and swerving <laughs> So I just mm. started like screaming just not a safe driver. I'm like I am gotcha. drunk and yeah. I could drive way better than
1: <laughs> yeah why don't you pull over <laughs> let me drive so we got
3: out in like a dark alleyway in New Orleans I was like well now we're probably gonna get murdered but at least we're not getting in a car crash <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean improvement glad you made it safe to the show would have Thank been a really you. dour note to start on with. and I'm lead. dead Aaron In the hospital, (laughs) in memoriam, in the hospital with murder wounds.
3: Even even if you're drunk, pay attention.
1: Mm -hmm. True. Always be aware.
3: Head on a swivel, especially when you're in a strange city.
1: That's true.
2: Be safe out there, kids. Don't do drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Good call. Today is our sixth episode. We're going to be chatting about chapters thirty-seven through forty-three. But before we do that, Ben, you've got our featured cocktail.
1: Mm, I do. Talk us through.
2: What's it called, Ben?
1: <laughs> it's called surprise. I got an abortion and didn't tell you. You look like you need a drink. It's a really good name.
3: <laughs> That's the whole name. <laughs>
5: oh
3: my god.
1: <laughs> it's it's light and it's beachy. Lovey. Beachy, yeah. I was going for I love a fruit and fizz type situation. Who doesn't? Uh, so it's got four ounces of pineapple orange juice. I bought that at the store. Great job! I just you know you could do whatever you want there. You Before can pick for- out your own favorite juice.
3: Before I forget it, I feel like you could have called it fruit and fizz.
1: That's true, but I think my name is better. Okay. <laughs> it's got two ounces of vodka in it, and then it's got some lime juice. There's an orange slice in there, and then it's over ice. I just kind of stirred it around, and uh, topped it off with some club soda for the fizz portion, which is it's lovely.
3: It's very nice, I refreshing. Made it
1: up. Mm-hmm. That orange slice nice. is gonna go so hard once you eat it. Let it's me remind you it's
3: called Surprise I Got an Abortion and didn't tell you you look like you need a drink.
1: More like Surprise I got an abortion didn't tell you you look like you need a drink. I see. Kind of it's like all in the Indie The end too in a great
5: way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining this on Thomas's card and it's going to be a monster to get it to fit.
0: I got it. I already we already workshopped it and it came to me and it's brilliant and I will not be taking notes nice
2: we can't
3: move on either without talking about thomas's new fade sick fade bro thank you
0: Mm -hmm. did you the new you know fresh cut like jason tatum said when i did a fresh cut i feel like i'm top five so let's have a good one
2: (laughs) 10 out of
4: five (laughs) (laughs) perfect 10 out of five awesome thank you Aaron. with that pj what are you well i have a few things to talk about right now first of all does anybody have a shot in front of them
2: I did. No. I fully poured one. Okay.
4: Well, I'm gonna do that. across Crossland, then.
2: Yeah. Vodka.
4: Blinky. Drinking. I I made a spicy pineapple margarita. And Yum. Back half mm-hmm. beer is Marius Dankster Triple IPA from.
3: Dankster
4: Marius Dankster. That's uh, fire! Great notion. That's just good wordplay. It's got an old dude with a large beard on a flower bus. Aw, he's cute. So, he's pretty
3: psychedelic.
4: Very psychedelic, Crossland. What are you drinking?
2: I, because I am the one who was rushing around and made us a little bit late. I didn't have time to make a cocktail, so I am having a kitten biscuit from Wilmington Brewing Company. I'll probably have a second one in the pack. Meow. <laughs> so. Meow. It's, meow. It's delicious. It's a. It's a. I forget. This is the double because lion cake is the triple. Yeah. Triple yeah. beer. so IPA. Yeah. Thick. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Bec. Thomas, that leaves you. What are you having?
0: I, as I think everybody knows, I'm a whiskey guy. Love a whiskey. I recently purchased my first rye whiskey. It's a noble oak from a distillery in Ohio. And it's pretty smooth like a bourbon, but then all of a sudden, fucking spicy. <laughs> it's like a hot sauce kind mm-hmm. of where it creeps up on you. And it's real nice, I'm not to lie to you. I think Strati I've tried as one. a starter rye, like get you into it. And I had like a taste test at the at the liquor store I was at.
4: Nice. That's good. I think I've had that one on this show before. It's really, really nice. Oh nice.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's it's because like at first you're like, oh, this is bourbon, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, this is yep. not bourbon.
2: It's herby, it's spicy, it's got the yeah, I love rye. I, I, I prefer rye cocktails generally, but each their own feel like sipping it here's
0: uh, the thing you know I, oh, cutting great. season beach season coming up can't be having all these fruity cocktails all this extra sugar extra carbonation extra carbs in the drinks going lean
2: alternatively you could just work out for three hours a day like I've been lately some of us have real jobs those, those are options I do have a real job
0: <laughs> I know <laughs> but I gotta got get my dates in when I can
2: yeah, alright alright fair enough fair point cool before we talk about the chapters how do you guys feel about this week this week is it's, it's a week it's the weakest of weeks. It
1: we felt a like a
3: transition week for the most part.
1: Looked like we, Yeah, felt like we caught our breath after...
3: Some, like, movement. Some, some restorative poly- yoga type situation.
1: Yeah.
4: I just felt relieved that Barrow was actually dead. Or seemingly
1: actually we, dead. How do we know? I don't know about that.
3: We were talking to Miles Mood about talking- it and he's, he said, like, that it seemed kind of like how Lon went out, like, It wasn't necessarily definitive until we, you know, got the funeral.
1: That was a good point. It was like, for those uninitiated, sorry, for those uninitiated, who is Miles?
3: Miles, our best friend.
1: (laughs) He's a wonderful artist who drew a bunch of stuff for our podcast, Red Rising Characters, Howler Pod. And he's also drawn some great art for for this podcast. He drew
3: and other books as well.
1: Hilo, that was really cool. Miles Mm -hmm. is awesome. M. Bensky Design. And, uh,
3: M. Bensky or Miles Bensky? On Instagram.
1: M. Bensky, I believe.
2: Yeah. It's it's M. Bensky designs. It'll also be in the links down below. It has been over the last couple of episodes that we've mentioned him. So you can he also helped him on the Red there. Rising
1: Board game too. We're
3: like totally yeah. obsessed with him. Yeah, he did some cards and designs for the Red Rising Board game.
1: He's the he's basically the man.
3: He's also a scientist. Fucking so.
1: And a really good time. hmm Hey Miles. Hey, hey Miles. <laughs> Hey,
2: Miles, you're listening to this right now. We love you. We We're do. not
1: obsessed with you. Shut
2: up.
4: <laughs> you're obsessed with us.
2: Yeah, what do you mean? Gosh. All right. But overall, we felt good. We felt good about this week. Part of the part of the breakdown rationale was like, we had talked about schemes. This is all schemes. Lots of schemes. Lots of unfolding of things. It is definitely a breath, though, compared to sort of the claustrophobia of last week.
1: hmm this all feels like it's a lot of setup for the end of the book and maybe the next book as well. Cool. Table setting.
3: Also, yeah, I felt bad for Moot.
1: <laughs> Not really.
2: They could have just shot him in the face. Oh, he's fine. He's <laughs> get it bad, man. We're, we're definitely going to talk about that.
0: And with that, let's get into our chapters. And PJ, it's going to taste some Cracker Jack timing.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: What the fuck does that mean? What? (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't understand. All right. Chapter 37, Threat and Schemes. I think it's Threats and Schemes. I think I typed that wrong. Chapter 37, Threats and Schemes. Make Ken opens a shipping crate containing a dismembered rat inside sent from Zipunio. Hilo and Ken make some schemes, undermining some of the successor families within the mountain. Meanwhile, Nero is accosted by a half-Shatarian thug asking for a meetup. To be for a meeting to be set up with the calls due to his connection to Shay. Obviously, this rat that's dismembered isn't like a, a little tiny animal, but it's a white rat, and there's a full body separated into many tiny pieces. Including uh, the penis. The mm-hmm. cock, as it were. Yeah. Yes. I, I feel specifically like... Specifically, he- I
4: They are doing an okay job of recognizing that Zapunio is like accelerating things and becoming a threat, but then other things happen and they just keep not dealing with it. (laughs) Like, they're, I feel like they're just letting Zapunio fester for a little while. And like, I think that's a mistake. I think they're, I
3: think they're spread pretty thin though. They're doing what they can. That's true. And they, in the end of the book, they explain why, you know, Hilo, they can't go to uh, where does Zapuño live?
2: Uwea, Tipaswiga. in the Yuwiwa, yeah.
3: yeah, because of him killing all the cops, T-Posuiga. so he can't take care of Zapuño because he can't get over there.
2: Yeah,
1: it was a bad deal. Insulina. One problem at a time. <laughs> Too many problems.
3: <laughs> I got ninety-nine problems, but Zapuño is definitely the biggest one. <laughs> Hit me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: or or at the very least like the second biggest one behind ait you know we'll we'll give It the credit she deserves but zapunio is definitely festering um there's a little quote here too that i i really appreciated and it's it's just a small thing this chapter again focuses predominantly from make ken's perspective until we flip into maro's for the first time but the quote zapunio has plenty of dirty money and cheap lives but if he can't get jade out of KCON and move it to buyers he doesn't have a business and the dirty money and cheap lives, I don't know what it was about that, but in particular, it just hit me right that like he's he'll expend whatever it takes to get what he wants.
3: Yep. Fucking mm-hmm. Jade Thieves, man. No, I show. Mm-hmm.
2: Correct. Good work. No, no respect for I show whatsoever.
4: Not beholden to it in the first place, but I don't think he'd be respectful of it, even if he was.
2: It's fair. He seems to have some sort of sense of like a code, maybe, but it's his own code predominantly. Can you explain that? So, can you can you what it, what I mean is that he operates on his own, like, OK, so think about I my brain immediately went after I said it to like the lawful system in D&D. Right. Mm-hmm. So like he has a code. I, but it is his own. I
4: understand what you mean there, but what are you? where are you getting that idea from? Because I don't think I've seen him do anything that isn't entirely self-serving.
2: I think, well, it is in the end all self-serving, right? But that doesn't mean that it's not like his code isn't to serve himself, but he does so within reason to also support the community where he can. Like he's building up the nation as sort of a rival clan in Teepa on the whole. Okay. Are you but. a
3: Zapunio sympathizer?
2: Not at all. Not at all. For the record, Seems I was like more or less saying that, like he, he, uh, he, has, zapintic- he has some... He's a good propagandist. We Zap- give yes. him that. Right, right. The fun. other side of this that we get into with Make Ken is the strategic moves that Hilo is making in the. What is it? Poor man's row? The gambling houses to push out the prostitution and to also advertise mountain businesses to move the problematic business of the Espenians over to them. Of course, this is also moves against the the family of Itmata and the inheritors eventually, perhaps. What'd you think of, of all of those moves and schemes?
1: I thought it was quite clever. Jurassic Park clever girl type situation. It's kind of an out- a. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. I thought it was good. This was something where I was like, oh, that's, that's impressive.
3: Get those Aspinian foreigners out of our...
1: So we don't
2: have to deal with them anymore.
3: Whorehouses.
2: Yeah. Yeah. A dollar isn't a dollar. I mean, they, they're they still like redirecting them to brothels and they do have brothels, but it's like the street pimps that were on the road, right? Were the big ones that they moved away.
0: Hey man, set's work yeah. is work. What are you saying?
2: No, yeah, I... Well, but not all of it's clan work. You know what I mean? okay yeah.
3: yeah who's paying the clan probably not the pimps
2: mm-hmm. yeah what do we think about that strategic setup to undermine the Coben family as it were as well the the dumb broads was I'm that right. don't
3: don't kill the kid or the mom but kill the uncle <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is ultimately one of the decisions that's made here as well as like kill one of them whispering one of their names
1: I thought it was funny just how like Blase that whole conversation Was <laughs> Make it look like an accident <laughs> Very casual and, murder yeah, you, conversation. Don't,
3: you don't have to make sure he's dead But it'd be nice if he was
4: <laughs> Does this count as a whispered name? Because they're explicitly going Not the Greenbone route And trying not to like Be tied to it Still counts
2: no, I, I think that it's still a whispered name and they do say whisper one of their names and if if we compare the comparison inside of this book is when Barrow and Moot are almost hired to kill someone right they're not Green bones or when like the job with Lawn, etc right. that, although that wasn't a whispered name but the job that they turned down it
4: was, was. It, that was a whispered name that was yeah yep. PJ and are you thinking so,
0: of like the difference when they come down from the mountain maybe and how it's like more overtly uh, violent
4: I I was thinking that a whispered name went to all of the, like, all of the green bones within the clan as, like, an open bounty gotcha. as opposed to, uh, I want this guy subtly assassinated mm-hmm. without clan ties. Understood. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. There's also the leak of what Iwe Kalundo's family, of which we're given a little bit of detail on, to where they appear to... Not have the best ties as we get into some mini- media manipulation that Hilo is also playing into, which is just another moment.
4: I am of, of nice. Currently rereading Golden Sun and got to the point of media manipulation in that at the same time as this chapter, so that was interesting trying to keep everything straight in my head. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah,
3: we're we're doing all the money moves as it were (laughs) trying to be as schemy as i so we'll see if it helps hope it does
2: yeah so we move from these schemes tomorrow and holy fuck this like whole thing is just it's only a couple of pages if that but it is just a lot screw the guy that's talking to him like this is just crazy and a lot of pressure I'm kind of wondering where you guys think that he came from who's he working for what's that sort of situation look like
3: he seemed to come out of nowhere and then not come back
1: do you think this is Zapunio related
3: I don't know they seem like weird crime lords
1: (laughs) this would be my guess my guess is that he's Zapunio related
3: I pictured this guy looking like the sunglasses guy from the matrix.
1: Mm. Sunglasses
2: the guy.
3: Main evil guy.
2: Oh, a lot of them wear sunglasses.
1: Yeah. I was about, that's yeah. what I was going yeah. to. <laughs> Agent, yep. Agent Smith. Yeah. Agent Smith. Uh, oh, I was imagining a more gangster type guy.
3: I, I pictured him like skinny and older. Gotcha. And oh. with like slicked back, you know,
2: not full head gnarled hard. knuckles as well. Like he's, he's, he's a little war torn. It's kind of the way that he's described, I think, too.
1: Uh, and there's Shatarian, it seems like. Yeah. Connected to Shatarian. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that
4: that was so heavy-handed, and I don't know if that was just the guy trying to like make a statement about Maro's like, Shatarian side of him. Did Ait Mata have ties to the Shatarians right now, or is it just the Yugatan and Yuiwen?
2: predominantly that okay it's because of i there's a lot of distance between shatar and Kekon because of the occupation right so that's not something that i would likely
4: associate with
1: and he explicitly i mean he's a gangster so we can't take his you know word at face value but he does say he's not connected to the mountain right yeah and i, I don't know why but i felt like i trusted that for some for some reason so this seems to me like he's either connected to Zapuno or he's connected to a entirely new group that we're going to meet here at some point.
3: Everyone wants some jade
2: and an introduction to Shay, right? So, right. or That's, the calls
3: to Shay specifically. Yeah.
2: I think it's to the call. You know, the call of yeah. family. We would like mm-hmm. to set up a meeting. So, yeah,
4: weird to go yeah. through him. Yeah, they seem to know pretty, yeah. pretty decently what's going very on. Weird.
3: Can't they like, if they know so much, can they like All this just, just struck
1: them? me as like, where the fuck did this come from?
2: It does seem weird. There's also like the comment that he throws off offhandedly of like, are you still fucking Shay or whatever? Something mm-hmm. similar to that. It's just like, whoa, dude, like coming on so strong.
3: Like PJ said, have very
2: heavy Call handed. woman. Yeah. Very little tact.
0: I mean, that makes sense. So they're dealing with a pretty boy professor. Right. Play up the dancer yeah, bits. Strong,
1: strong arm in him. Mm-hmm.
0: As sort of a final note here, any
2: thoughts on what Marrow should do? Any thoughts on what he will do?
1: Hmm. Probably the wrong thing. Whatever well, it is, he
3: he <laughs> said, "Fuck off." So that was good. So <laughs> yeah, I think I think right. the next step is they're going to like torture
4: him or something. Yeah,
1: he's going to get himself in trouble, and he's going to need to be saved, like the little damsel in distress that he is.
4: I think what he will do is entirely put it out of his mind. And I think what he should do is just tell Shay what happened and let them run with it from there. I I think that's the only real course of action that keeps him safe.
3: Yeah, it's weird. In that last chapter with him, at first I was like, who does he want Hilo to meet with? And then I was like, oh, it's not the... That doesn't seem correct. It's not the gangster guy. So I was like, why didn't he tell her?
1: You think that it's a it's a front, but he's already seemed like he's really involved with that. So I don't know. No, that yeah, seems he like just gets back at the
2: beginning of this from the Four Virtues yeah. international thing. So,
1: but also like Miro, read the room. <laughs> There's a lot of that. a Lot of that this week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of read the room going on.
0: <laughs> cool. All right, moving into chapter thirty-eight. Not the real thing. Moot, sweet, dumb, idiot, baby, moot goes to a pub in Jan Loon, feeling good about his new jade taken from Barrow, wearing it loudly and proudly. After running his mouth a little too much, he attempts to put in those pick up. He attempts to put those in the bar at ease before leaving, but his presence and boasts don't go unnoticed by the bartender. So Moot, who to my eye always seemed the more rational, discreet. Of the pairing with Barrow, just engaging in some absolute buffoonery here.
1: This is very bad. Yeah. Not well played.
3: He's not good at pickup lines.
1: That too, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's what like an insecure you're scaring little baby. the hose.
4: Yeah. <laughs> he like he knows how to handle himself amongst other green bones. I think better than Barrow did, but that doesn't mean he knows like. What to do in social situations in general. On top of that, he's a drunk teenager. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think. I think this could have gone a lot worse for him than it already did. It goes pretty badly. It does. That's true. But like, he could have gotten his face smashed in right here. That probably would have been better. The,
3: who was the guy they were working for? He had already said, "Like, you're." showing off too much jade then they're just showing off and it's like you're too young to have that much jade so clearly you stole it
1: yeah this is just so dumb Mm -hmm. i mean he gets what he deserves i feel like you're being that freaking dumb in this type of society i
3: won't won't be surprised if barrow shows back up
1: you're going to be in yeah you're going to be buried alive and I'm not going to feel sorry for you.
2: Well, I thought you were talking metaphorically, and then obviously I remember what happens later. and It's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Metaphorically buried alive? No, 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 literally. No, 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 okay, no, no, got, got, it, got it, got it, got it. Cool,
4: cool. <laughs> it's like uh, like hiding, or like like parking a stolen supercar in front of your house without leaving town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's <just> so bad. <laughs>
0: There is an interesting tidbit here, though, where even despite his obvious youth and, you know, the very, very, very high likelihood that this means it was stolen, his insane amount of jade does earn him respect initially, where the bartender looks at him and is like, this is fucking kid. And he's like, Ay, I guess I'll just give him a beer. He must be a green bone if he's rocking this much jade and shrimp and tr- battered shrimp. Yep, of course. And then the super drunk girl thinks he's a fist at first, but her friends are like, nah. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah.
1: <laughs> Couldn't be. <clears throat> All right, through that. You know what they say about guys that wear a lot of jade?
3: Small dicks. Small dick.
2: <laughs> Tiny micro-penis. Also, maybe under 18.
0: <laughs> Definitely under 18. <laughs>
4: child drunk child
0: so what yeah, do we think about a, oh sorry Ben you go
1: no you're fine I was just adding I was just adding that this was just all around such a horrible idea on Moot's part didn't even go on there
0: so I have a question I guess based on that assessment and then also you know he has these ruminations on poisoning Barrow and his guilt over that do we think maybe this like public display of his jade and the recklessness tied to that is in some way tied to his guilt over Barrow.
1: Must have uh, absorbed some of Barrow's stupidity in the process from his jade. But yeah, I do think there is probably...
3: Well, now he's lonely. He has no one to talk to. Right. So he's kind of like searching and he's wayward. So I don't know if it's about the guilt. I think it's more about the... he's got nowhere else to go.
4: I think that's the right read on it. I, I don't think he cares that he killed Barrow at all, I think he just doesn't have anyone to talk to anymore. He's sad he doesn't have any friends. You
1: know, that's what Don't happens. kill your friends, bro.
2: Well.
0: <laughs> Very Smeedle golem ish <Gollum-ish-esque. laughs> Yeah, Gollum, mm. I mean. One thing, another thing I want to point out here is Moot's description of Jade, because I love the description of Jade. I like when we did all the new different people reacting to it and how it feels, how it what it does to their body. The jade around Moot's neck felt warm and heavy. It moved and rolled on his skin like something alive that gave life, and the "gave" is specifically emphasized in the attest. Hmm. Didn't Interesting. sit out Okay, <laughs> my bad, guys. My bad. No,
4: I only listened to it. Okay, I like. I, I wonder. I wonder if there's any comparisons that can be made or attributes that are given by. I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to make a connection to Lon. Like this is his jade. It's living, it's live, it's giving life to somebody, and it's the same essence going through Barrow and going through Moot and like I don't know. It's a stretch. I don't have anything to stand on there, but I just took it as a very
0: like drug addity thing to say.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good read on it, I think. He's clearly in that mindset. I don't know. He he feels it in a way that, like Jade and he. I mean, Hilo and Shay don't really describe Jade that way. They have a lot of it, right? But they're way more used to it. Hilo and kind is, of
4: talks about that towards the end, and when he's like pulling off the three pieces and comments on like the changes that you go through after acquiring more and more and more, and like. When he got these pieces, it was so much more meaningful than what it is to lose them now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's also one of the things that is just continually described throughout this is sort of the way that new people and how they react to jade. And I think, especially when we get into it a little bit later, it's a big point of helos to the to the bosses.
0: So there's another thing which Dan gets just to Tetanese culture and it's who can and can't wear jade. And how Moot has just internalized that and has that self-loathing sort of just ingrained within himself. Does that stand out to anybody?
4: Definitely, yeah. I think he, he has a pretty, I mean, depressing like outlook on himself, but also just his uh, warped perception of who his dad was and what his dad did. And there's an innocence there, but there's also just, like, at this point, pretty blatant, like, intentional ignorance from, like, the full scope of what his father was doing. And maybe that's gnawing at him a little bit is, like, he has to realize what his dad was doing. He wasn't just a shop owner that got killed by the makes. He was absolutely interfering in clan business. And just constantly lying to himself to, like, make it seem righteous, this, like, vengeance that he has. I don't know. So.
1: No, that's really well said.
3: I mean, he was dealt a very shitty hand in life. And, you know, it's easy to see why he's so angry and vengeful. You know, he never really had, he was never really given a chance to do anything, you know meaningful
1: I wonder or to if, not
3: be a dirtbag.
1: I wonder and if he sees his, the jade as <laughs>
0: the way out there I wonder if his inflated perception of his dad comes from sort of his status in like the even deeper criminal underworld where like when we first meet him Barrow thinks of him as a self-made man and how he's like someone who earned green in a world that told him he couldn't so I feel like that and then obviously it's his dad as well
1: so there's yeah, like I that can't, double I can't Yeah, blame him for like Thinking his dad is a hero or whatever, or That's just his loving
3: his dad and yeah. being just loves his da. You know, upset that someone murdered him.
1: Yeah, it's okay that he doesn't think his dad's a dirtbag, even though his dad was a dirtbag. But at the same time,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta understand. That. Was it make tar? Or kid? Yeah,
1: tar. It was tar. Yeah.
3: Just doing his job, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean you fuck around in that world.
3: You fuck around, you find out.
1: Yeah, you're gonna find out at some point. And they
3: both <laughs> all the moots found out. He
1: got, got. That's that's part of the game that he's playing. So I think that I understand why he's mad about that, but and it's not necessarily a fair game, but like that's the game that he decided to play. So
2: And he's also like young and naive enough to have not realized you know, to like have time and to take a moment and to like sit back and be like, okay, what actually was my dad? Yeah. Like, said he's just yeah. consumed because he's a child on the, on the concept and by the concept of revenge.
4: Sees himself so, as to suck. Inigo Montoya, but I don't think that quite works. The shittiest is not. Inigo Montoya <laughs> you've ever. Seen.
3: Did you know Mandy Patinkin went to KU?
2: Oh, really? Did not.
1: No. And
3: he, went, he was there when my dad was there?
4: Wow.
3: Mm.
1: Nice. So, were they friends now?
3: No, Mandy Patinkin
4: was
3: (laughs) older than my dad. And my dad remembers him being like the star in all the plays, of course.
0: Mm. Of course.
3: You killed my father. Prepare to die. To
0: die. Love that. All right. All right. So, there's the final, you know, Moot damns himself here with his bride about after dinner set off by the mention of, are you a tall?" And he's like, you know where I got my jade? Fucking off of Callan's corpse. Everyone freaks out. Where did you guys think this was going when it happened? Obviously, you know, we know where this ends and how it ends for our guy Moot, but is that where initially, immediately, you were like, guy's screwed.
1: I I thought he was dead.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I thought the bartender was calling the calls.
1: Even before the end of the chapter when it's like the bartender went off and called like that point you really know but even when he said it I was like oh no that's <laughs> nope 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 you cannot be doing that. I
3: was thinking though if this <laughs> really is the end for Barrow and Mute Mute? Mute it made it made me think like why did Fonda spend so much time with these ass fuckers if they're just gonna die like though. Weeds they are mm. with a little raid weed killer.
4: I think it does a good job of showing the the other side of jade usage outside of the clans while still like letting us be invested because it's connected to the call family but we kind of get some insight into the the criminal underbelly of, of jade smuggling. That was my takeaway from it. If this is yeah, truly the it, end of them, that's
1: a good viewpoint on the new green aspect of the culture. And I still think Barrow's coming back. Yeah, Moot's now that not Moot's, dead yet either.
3: I know. I'm like, is Marrow going to save? Is Barrow going to save Moot? Is it Marrow?
1: Oh My God, maybe. There are oh, the, are names. All,
5: <laughs> All
3: the is names. Well, I makes Barrow Moot into Marrow.
1: Moot wouldn't deserve it.
3: Maybe he was to kill him himself.
2: Could mm-hmm. be. Seems like just the kind of revenge that Barrow'd want to get, especially from the grave. Okay, with that, Chapter 39 A Meeting of the Pillars. Hilo and Maktar arrive in Port Massey, here to visit the Douks and Andon. After dinner, the Pillars chat for hours, Hilo armed with many questions and a desire to help out Douks with their crew issue. After Hilo, Tar, and Andy share a drink. All right, Chapter 39 A Meeting of Pillars. Hilo and Miktar arrive in Port Massey, here to visit the Dauks and Anden. After dinner, the Pillars chat for hours. Hilo, armed with many questions and a desire to help out the Dauks with their issue with the crews. After, Hilo, Tar, and Andy share a drink and a quick catch-up chat. I love this chapter. It's kind of nice to get like a slice of life perspective and just kind of have a chill moment with Hilo and Tar for once being able to do stuff that isn't super intense. The conversation has its moments at dinner, but it's never more than passing, I think. But one of the coolest parts that I really liked is a view into the larger life of Ron Toro to kind of see that moment and get a little bit more feeling for where he's at his daughter, you know, living a couple of hours away and just sort of all of that stuff.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. This was, I think my favorite chapter this week
1: I didn't expect him to be a family man.
3: Well, a divorced family man. Yeah, that's true. And he said he wasn't a very good father. Makes sense. Probably because he's a thug.
1: Wow. That's a little rude. It's harsh. He deserves better than that. He said he he owes the the Doc's debt, you know? He's got Um, like a Chewbacca life debt thing going on.
3: But I (laughs) like... I (laughs) like...
0: You're very right. Sorry. (laughs) what <laughs> the chewbacca joke that laughs. i'm sorry
3: <laughs> i like the and in describing like his two worlds colliding and that making making him anxious you know i think we've all probably had that happen like if you're you know work friends meet your school friends or for sure that was
1: know. i did i did like that call out for sure where and the way that it was described just kind of like the two sides meeting each other and how weird that is and how we've all experienced that that's a good point
2: yeah it's not something that you you'd kind of expect in context it's it's also very easy to like blend these three chapters together 39 40 and 41 because it is the meat of the week in a big way so i don't want to jump too far ahead but i i also really appreciate the way that we over the course of these predominantly 39 and 41 See how Andon has really changed over the course of two years. How time has made him an adult. I mean, conceivably, still has some issues, but he's not the the emo teen that he was necessarily.
1: Just an anxious college student. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely grown up. I'll give that to Andy.
4: I feel like hell
1: yeah. I can see that to a certain degree, but he's still got a lot of Andy in him.
2: (laughs) He's still, he's still definitely and in. And a lot of, a lot of the fixes that I want to talk about don't happen until 41. So I don't want to drag into that too much because it's definitely the biggest part of 41. But yeah, I just wanted to say like over the course of the week, you see that you start to see moments of that here. He's still insecure. It's just that he's, he actually has a life that he's made grown and owned, which is different. Well, that's good put. for him. There's a little quote here that I just really like when they're in the airport between Ron, Ron, Toro, and Tar. Rone and Tar greeted each other with perfectly equal shallow salutes, like meeting, like a meeting between two dogs of the same size. And I laughed.
3: <laughs> I just thought that was idea. like offensive calling them dogs. I,
2: I mean, it's it's just this idea of like they, not necessarily that they are dogs, right, but that they. I can, I could see how that could be con, construed that or con <laughs> <cut>. construed? Uh <laughs> yes, construed that way. But I don't know. I just I like the idea of like, you know, sniffing each other's butts basically. <laughs> One of the things that I also really enjoy about this this week this chapter is that when we do finally get out to kind of the calm scene in the car, we get to see kind of Port Massey in a larger way, in a different context from a tourist point of view, almost from Hilo's perspective. And it really gives this interesting combination of London and New York City energy. There's like the garish orange buses that they mention. There's obviously the sort of towering skyscrapers that they know the names of. It it just it feels very different from anything in KCon.
3: I pictured it like going to England and you're like gawking at the Buses. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I was picturing double-decker buses yeah. as well.
3: Yeah. Like, they're driving on the wrong side. They didn't say that, but it's the wrong side.
2: <laughs> yeah, the buses are the most direct call-out between the two. Just like the idea of like, what, what? Why orange? <laughs> but also, why red? You know? <laughs> High visibility? Maybe. Iconic. Iconic. Marketing. So... There isn't we, we make it to the dinner, and there's a lot obviously that goes on at the over the course of the dinner that we can definitely talk about here. But I, I appreciate that there's this moment where Andon and Corey kind of break away and they're talking for a second, and there's this visual of expectation that Corey paints, expecting like something very different of a true Kekanese pillar to be like just this sort of gold chain decked out, like literal gangster like early thousands LA movie depicted gangster. And it's just very different than that expectation, which is, I think interesting compared to the, the media and the images that they're given.
4: Yeah. He's expecting like Scarface. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also appreciate that even halfway across the world, Hilo during this dinner, throw shade at Shay for being like the old, or the youngest child and getting away with everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, there's
2: there's a lot of good moments that happen over the course of the dinner. And were there any particular standout moments for you guys during their conversation at the table?
3: I thought the Anden kind of being annoyed with Corey for getting up was telling, like Anden still clearly cares a lot about respect and you know following the way of the clan. And Corey's like, you know, bored and. Washing dishes.
1: Yeah. Loser.
3: He's like, can't believe the disrespect to his, you know, pillar uncle. Shows some rifts in the relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's starting to get a little weird between them, I feel like. And we'll get into some of that. But just like some of the lines coming back and forth, like, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that relationship develops. I was also hungry during this part. <laughs> When I was reading it and
2: getting the description of the food,
1: yeah, (laughs) I was really wanting to sit down. I was wishing that I was sitting down at the table, yeah, with like twelve courses.
4: I would have helped out. Sounds like a good meal in in the stead of her other children and like gotten those other two dishes on the table. Like, if that means I can eat all fourteen of those dishes, I'm down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I would just love for someone to cook twelve different dishes for me. Mm -hmm.
4: Be
2: frankly ridiculous and awesome <laughs> and like also how silly is it and i i know that it's definitely like the right hand man kind of thing to do that but that fact that both tar and uh, roan. roan don't like really eat that much is like god damn like you're kidding me this is a feast they you are big Listen. burly men
3: also ben you have had multiple dishes it's called tapas
1: oh i know i love tapas mm-hmm. yeah regarding Roan
0: and mate here's the thing you gotta stay ready so you don't gotta get ready you have (laughs) each course of this succulent food you got your belly's heavy a little warm in there you know they got soup going on they got tea going on you got a warm belly little cory you're not ready to fight soup belly trying to fight all of a sudden that's not that's not ideal that is true
2: (laughs) I only fight with soup belly. I don't know what you're talking That's about. That's why you're 0
0: and 16. <laughs> <laughs> but I still show up.
2: You know what I mean? Like
4: I'm still there. He's no fucking marrow, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's I mean sometimes yeah. you gotta reapproach your lucky soup ritual before fights like it's this, just this not working for you, man.
2: <laughs> what, what what bit is this?
3: <laughs> this is why you're such a piss boy, you eat liquids. <laughs>
2: my god all right we've we've fully shifted i love it the the conversation does shift in a moment to the children of course pj brought up earlier the comparisons i i appreciate just from from a perspective with hila the way that he brings up the fact that he has two sons even though obviously we learned a little bit later that he he requires nico to call him uncle so that he makes sure that he remembers his father and just that that sort of like subtle delineation i think is is really well done throughout throughout the chapters this week
1: I have a hard time getting sentimental about kidnapping, but <laughs> and murder. <laughs>
5: yeah.
0: It was. Here's the deal. It already happened. We can't do anything about <laughs> yeah. it. Here's the other deal. <laughs> Erroneous. Erroneous on both points.
4: I was. Uh, am I wrong in in the assessment that, like, Andon already. And it already knew about this, but we didn't see him learn about this. I was really expecting no, like
2: he—he
4: he, he got a letter. Oh, he did
1: get a he letter. He didn't know about the murder. Also, it was pretty he, quick. He does but, not you know, know about the murder. Okay, it's yeah,
3: like okay. they died, so we picked him up.
1: Like a house fire or something. Yeah, I gotcha.
4: That. I missed that because I, I think this could have, have been mentioned
1: pretty quickly. Kind
4: of a fun like—he's three years old. I've been here for two years. What? What? <laughs> hey, <man. laughs> Never mind. Forgot about the letter.
1: Yeah. Also, nobody's uh, like, what happened? Do we do we need to, like, read a news article about that or like.
3: I think when your family's full of killers, (laughs) you don't ask a lot of questions.
1: Uh, That's just.
0: Seems like the important people know and the rest are like, yeah, Mm -hmm. that sucks. Well, whatever.
1: Right. Yeah, well, wow, Lon's
2: kid is here. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he showed up. How fortunate <laughs> that you found Lon's kid. Yeah. I was just yeah. Like, hmm. Is he in a gutter? Like, where, where was he?
0: <laughs> That's pretty sweet. His family sent
2: him back. Nice. I, I mean, this gets back. I, we don't need to reopen the wound, but it gets back to the like. Annie was shamed, and like, yeah, she yeah. should have by by clan rules should have died before even giving birth. But yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Nico's back yeah. where he belongs, if you ask me. Raised <laughs> I mean, with green bones who care about doesn't mean that it got him.
2: there the right way, necessarily. But yeah,
4: I, I understand. Necessarily? <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm playing
0: the qualifier for that. Let's, let's relitigate I'm just, I'm... it here. Here's the thing. What's the worst <laughs> thing you can do in Keaton? Is it steal? From kill, Hilo's point of view, is she stealing a mothers. child?
1: I ain't no thief.
0: They don't care yeah, about killing mothers as much as uh, Thievery.
1: Yeah, and like violence on non green people. Listen, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. And he did both of those things.
4: I guess the the devil's advocate argument for that is that he sees he sees Nico as belonging to the call family. So how can you steal something that belongs to you in the first place?
0: Mm. I meant
4: Amy is stealing
0: him. So ah, the, the penalty for okay. theft is death, and it doesn't matter if you're a Dreambone or not. Mm-hmm. If you steal, you get,
4: get,
2: yeah, dead, get cut, KK,
0: <laughs>
2: different
4: cut. <laughs> <laughs> and are, are oh, you right. arguing that she absconded with like Lon's sperm? Well, with his love, and it just so <laughs> happened that she was pregnant. <laughs> uh, can I
0: <laughs> anyway, PJ, Before I answer that, can I rewatch <laughs> leap Blonde* and then I'll come back? <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back with an
2: answer excellent love it anything else from the dinner anything else that we wanted to bring up about their conversation there's obviously I, I guess the only other part of the conversation that I forgot to bring up is and it predominantly is tackled in the next chapter so we don't have to talk about it too much but there's a conversation about wanting to talk with the bosses and this really catches the kind of table off guard doubt doesn't think it's a good idea explaining kind of the racism and the war and the police and kind of everything that's going on and giving the the up and up from pillar to pillar in quotes as we learn kind of later from Hilo's perspective but mm-hmm.
0: did you bring up which side of the table Andon sits at during the conversation i didn't but he sits on Hilo's side of the table mm-hmm. the family side and we i know also, that like
3: meant side. a lot to him but i was like where else would he have sat
1: yeah yeah I, he's in the line that was weird as well
3: i it, i thought it was weird that it was a deal at all yeah like, of course he would sit i
1: thought it was obvious.
2: on the call side yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the only reason right? that he may not have is I, I'm with I'm for sure with that explanation. I guess the the only sort of counterpoint to that, to some degree, is because he was effectively disowned and exiled. Like, do you belong to the family? And this is sort of a step in the direction of yes, yes, you do. I'll own you in public. And, I guess this is private, but it's also public in its own way.
4: And the fact that I believe Hilo decided the positioning of the of the seats right I think so or had a saying whatever it is um, facing
2: the door there there were a lot of small things yeah
4: but then the other thing that hasn't been mentioned is the little interaction in the kitchen between cory and andon
2: a little bit of waistband snapping <laughs> <laughs> you
4: know good to see that there still at it i I guess in the moment
2: yeah i mean i definitely going to talk about at the at it more in a 41 (laughs) for sure as the way that that chapter ends is fucking insane i couldn't imagine like putting that down to page and being like cool good (laughs) what an intense way to end a chapter but we'll get there
1: i was like whoa
0: yeah
2: (laughs) i feel (laughs) like that's a normal part of life I mean, it is, but we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it when we get there. It's just, yeah, it's like it's treading the line of character, which is fun. It shows growth or change. Ah, <laughs> uh, so we leave the Dowk household. Of course, this being kind of an honorable dinner, they agree to try to set up the meeting with the bosses. They're following. And they head to the hotel, of which is mostly empty for Harvest Eve, the holiday that's happening, of course. That we also haven't talked about with Scare Jack, or I, I think that's his name, or something like that, who's out and about. Kind of seems like an interesting combination of holidays. And they have brandy at the bar. They, Hilo and Andy, have a second to catch up, and it seems like maybe there's some smoothed over wounded pride and feelings with time. That that's kind of healed that wound a little bit. And because they're having brandy, everyone has to take a drink.
0: Mm. So,
4: cheers. Huzzah.
3: Not Hoji.
4: Nope. For once. Just, I, I appreciated the, the method of picking out the, the drink. Like, looked, it looked like expensive. the most expensive thing behind the or the fanciest thing behind the bar. So I went with it. Same. I've done That's that. A reasonable call. I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good move. It tasted good. Mm-hmm. Got to buy based on labels alone sometimes. Yeah.
3: But it seems like Hilo is trying to be nice to Andy and be reasonable. But Andon isn't expressing his, you know, hurt and feelings. He's kind of like waiting to see what Hilo says. And obviously we see how that goes in the future.
2: Yeah. We definitely have more to say on that a little bit later because this does kind of... In a way that very few other scenes in this book do, this fades to black, basically, and assumes the catch up. And we assume that it's a positive conversation because of where it goes later. Yeah. So cool.
0: There's a funny little bit that I think ties into uh, when they're at the Drudge hall, when everything, when ship pops off mm-hmm. with the crews and and in is sh- like first showing off the pictures of his nephews where Hilo says, keep the photos. I brought them for you. Shay never sends the latest ones, and even like, um, yeah. Andon was like, you know, by the time I get them, they're so late. But I can't bother the weatherman with that. But it's it's just like even Hilo notices that, which is funny. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a funny moment. Busy, and it's yeah, it's just funny like just to see the little sibling rivalry and bickery going on. Mm -hmm.
2: It's it's a nice it's a nice little bonus that also gives. Hilo just that much more credence is like really caring in this moment for Handan, mm-hmm. and I think that that's the one thing that I, I want to highlight is that it feels like he has, at the very least, come to terms with a lot of this. But we have more to kind of talk about on the resolution of that in the chapter after the next. So,
0: Chapter Forty, the Bosses. At Hilo's suggestion, Dot Lawson has Rone toru set a meet with the three beta's bosses in Hispania. The chapter ends with Dot, Roan, Hilo, and Tar driving and then arriving at this meet before shifting to Blaze the Bull Chromner's point of view. We get a tantalizing glimpse of how the crews operate and how the bosses, led by Chromner, negotiate with Hilo and No Peak through Doubt. Ultimately, they agree to enter a peace agreement between the crews and the teco Espenian community in exchange for Smuggled Jade from Tacon. After arriving up after driving home and eating dinner with the doubts hilo and doubt lowson discuss why hilo has really come to south trap and enter into what would be the start of a beautiful friendship
3: maybe not beautiful
0: <laughs> so the very first thing that stood out to me was the first dawn and its comparison that tar draws to it with the penitents back in taiton
1: everybody's got their little protection superstitions
4: I after meeting all of these people, I'm so surprised that there's any amount of superstition amongst them.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's a good point.
3: Yeah, they seem pretty uh trashy.
2: The the only edge I would give them again is time frame, right? And the way that like we're we're talking 70s-ish if we're if we're thinking about like when this takes place. So like the advent the quote that's that Wow, what a weird way to put that. It's not the advent of athe- atheism, but like the popular spread of agnosticism and atheism wouldn't be as prevalent. Like, if you think about Godfather, they're all incredibly religious despite being a part of the mob. Mm-hmm. So,
0: right. And yeah, this is like all through. Yeah. And they're clearly, you know, supposed to be kind of similar to maybe Italian American mafia vibes going on. It struck me kind of as like Jersey Shore mafia type of vibes, more, <laughs> so, more so than actual mobsters but
3: uh, guido vibes
0: yeah the uh, you know god Master. bless the narrator here his grasp of the language was a little dicey
2: i okay i have i have some firm disagreements about this in this section in particular i re listened to it today right before we recorded this actually when i was working out and I think that he kills the difference between interpretation, like the interpret. Douk being an interpreter, yeah, he's good at the subtleties, but his voice, yeah. cha-
0: his cha- choices of voices, is, leaves a lot to be desired. I would say, yeah,
2: I don't know, about that I like this. That was, a this section. That,
0: was a, that would have been a better narration voice. Yeah, yeah see,
2: <laughs> I don't. Know, yeah, I don't, but I don't know that that's what he's going for. It's like British gangs, like Brits, not,
3: and it's like gutter Brits, like Adele.
2: Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yes, um, that's actually a great comparison.
1: Did you want to do your Cockney accent? No. No. Oh, okay.
3: O-
2: <laughs> only other one. thing I wanted to throw in is First Dawn being a comparison, of course, to the the other religion. Very close Christian analog. I mean, that's kind of the entire intent it feels.
3: Yeah. It, they're all kind of organized into clans and they're all following either I show or gods or superstition. Even across the pond.
1: Yeah, it's like similarities but differences, and that's I think what's what's on display here. Yeah. It was also crucial because
0: I think this is the first we hear of Aspenians adhering to religion in any real sense at all. For this, it's you know, it seemed like very earnestly that money was literally the religion quite possibly. Capitalism
2: was the religion. Yeah.
0: Now we see there's an actual religion at least masquerading behind the surface but yeah so as they drive to this meet Hilo observes you know Tar's nervous habit and there's a little glimpse into Greenbone culture of how like they're always fussling with their jade and stuff kind of drawing attention to it and I just like whenever we see you know Hilo's perception not just from his jade but just like you know he's very perceptive as a dude and he sees all these little things and he makes know, like hey don't draw attention to yourself don't do that don't let them know we're super fucking jaded like this
3: yeah, the whole thing was interesting that Hilo didn't come in like, I'm the fucking leader of the second biggest clan. You know, he kind of mm-hmm. let them all think he wasn't an important person or as important as he was. So, Tar couldn't look like Tar. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: and <laughs> Hilo would have given it away. Buttons up his shirt all the way.
1: <laughs> I was definitely like Dow Sana where I was like, I thought you were gonna kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and,
4: um, and like, I, I think the decision to kind of be undercover to a certain degree made sense, especially being as young as he is. First impressions are a big deal, and being seen as uh, immature or young or not ready for the position that he actually holds, it, it feels like it'd be more important to actually get the information across. And if that means being a wacky, in their eyes, that works. I was just waiting for like a news reel to pop up and them to like recognize him in the moment, or something, or like somebody to have re- remembered an expose on the on the Greenbone clans. But thirty under thirty, powerful <laughs> leaders of the world.
0: <laughs> yeah, you think that Blaze the Bull croners bait on his expose, keeping up with the dailies.
2: Super duper reading papers. Any international news?
0: Maybe skinny reams.
2: None of them. None of them.
0: What did you guys think of Hilo's sort of like discomfort in high, like, and as you were touching on just now, obscuring his jade and kind of like hiding who he was to a degree? Even though, like, he remarks, like, you know, even though they're almost as low as a pugno, he felt uncomfortable hiding or being deceptive like this.
3: I think it's, I think it's more about like hiding his jade. He doesn't like, like it is who he is. It's kind of like putting a mask on. Yeah. It's
1: such a source of his power and status and is such a big part of his everyday life. And just like, he's the pillar. He rocks a ton of jade. And so to not show it off, that's just gotta, I think that's just kind of, to me, that's kind of like, that's where it was coming from, where it just feels weird.
4: Yeah, I might be
1: like proud of that.
4: My initial read on it right away was like, oh, they have to hide it because it's not legal here. But then he explains that like at the border, they had to declare the amount that they had and they'll get checked and made sure they have the same amount going back. And like he's allowed to wear it here on a special like allowance. But my initial thought, I I didn't think much of it because I assumed they were hiding it because. Mm -hmm. They couldn't legally wear it.
0: That makes sense. Uh, what did you guys think of the switch to Blaze the Bull Cromner's point of view? And side note, just like what a fucking name, Blaze Cromner, and then what a
4: nickname.
1: <laughs> I thought it was weird in the moment.
4: Same. But, telling,
1: but yeah. It was awkward, I kind of thought. I was like, oh, okay.
4: Yeah, I was I was a little distracted. I was I think I was at the gym while I was listening to this chapter the first time and i missed the transition i'm like what the fuck is happening and whose head am i in right now <laughs> so like subsequent read made more sense but
1: mm-hmm. it was one of those moments where i'm like oh that's kind of a weird transition and
3: then it's something i yeah. always have trouble with when you're not in first person yeah it's that like, definitely complicates it, things you know i I have much easier time understanding what's going on in first person because I'm, I don't, sometimes it feels like you're reading like, you know, a history book where they're telling you what happened instead of like what everyone's feeling. So some, sometimes when it switches, I'm like, like PJ, I'm like, I can't like, my mind isn't tracking what's actually happening because like, you know, (laughs) you're like, which side of the room am I on? Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Right, right. The, the other, like, to give, to give credit where credit's due for, like, really great POV switching writers, one of Stephen King's best traits is the fact that he does break up POVs so cleanly that you know when that third person switches. Like, mm-hmm. you know when you move from Roland to Jake's perspective very clearly.
0: The headless Thompson gunner? Uh, what? My Warren Evan. Listen, Warren Evan heads, they know. And they're <laughs> fucking fired up right now. Every once in a while, Thomas, you just say things, and I'm like,
2: that that string of words means so little to me that I don't know how to react, if it's a joke, if it's serious, if I should be offended. I think that's why you brought me here, though, right? I know. It's great. but it's
0: Like, I've never... crossed I never know, I just like I
3: never know what's going on.
2: Okay, well, at least we're on the same page.
1: I know who Warren Zevin is. Okay. All right.
3: Let's move on.
1: Track it.
0: Okay, there's just a fucking wacky cast of characters with the Espenian gangsters here. I did think They're they like got a, a little, little
1: bit of a, like, they got a little caricature for me. Yeah. All
3: hey, we're gangsters, <laughs> yeah, you, I got yeah. a stripe soup on,
1: and, like, and
3: when, <laughs> my guy's name is Skinny
1: Reams. <laughs> yeah, Skinny Reams. And then the lady, and, I got the hat like, and her husband's I, in jail, her husband and husband's in going jail. between. Get my uh, cane. <laughs> yeah. I
0: liked Anga that's kind of why (laughs) to me it felt more like Jersey Shore gangster than what I feel like it was supposed to be like Mm. old school Italian gangster because it was so cliched
1: yeah it It felt um, like yeah I was like well written as the Call family is as like this gangster family with a lot of different layers like they very much were not written that
4: way Mm -hmm. this scene felt written by Quentin Tarantino (laughs) <laughs> to a certain
0: degree <laughs> so i mean that made sense though because she gets a yeah. lot of her inspiration from where quentin gets his inspiration too so
1: yeah for sure that plays
0: i wouldn't say necessarily and i'm not i might be overstating the way you guys are reacting as well but i wouldn't say it was poorly written
4: oh no i um, didn't mean poorly uh, i just meant like i got wacky cast of outlaw characters yeah. all it coming together kind of a, vibes
0: yeah it's probably because we like we're so into the Teton world and like the established like these gangsters are gangsters, but they have rules and beliefs yeah. and and then they' got these fucking guys out of central
1: casting, yeah, they came off as like caricature versus like fully realized character, but that's mm-hmm. the first time we're meeting them, and we're not getting a lot of characterization either, so
0: and they're probably playing a part for the Kechenese that they're meeting with as well into. Until- yeah balance one another too right
2: yeah there's there's also that internal struggle that's going on between the different groups as well which is kind of a, a fun thing to see from the side as sort of the deal comes to light too
4: that i think is great i did appreciate i really appreciated being in cromner's point of view while the negotiation was happening and like talking to the other leaders and like okay i can agree to this because I'm not going to honor it later and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I can agree to that and just fuck that guy. And like, it was cool. Like just getting a really like scattershot bullet point understanding of their interactions right. and, and inner communication, little
0: seeds that should be sown later perhaps. And then also mm-hmm. like seeing some things we're familiar with from the Dreambone world from these guys who have no fucking idea what's going on. Like when Hilo's straining his perception, he's like, why is that guy looking off in the middle distance thinking really hard? Mm. Stuff Perception. like
4: that. Matt, That's also because he's dumb as shit. That makes me realize, like, how little they understand about the actual, like, jade that they're trying to deal in.
0: Speaking of understanding little, one of the marvelous things about this chapter, I think, and that why, like, just another example of how Fonda Lee just, like, makes everything feel so real and the world so lived in, is the casual racism that Fromner brings in, where he's like, you can never tell with these cats, how old they are and stuff like that. It's just like, it's so
2: fucking real. It's just like, Jesus Christ,
1: man. There was a lot of that.
3: Black don't crack.
1: It was a little too much, (laughs) but yeah, he was firing those off. Like they didn't mean nothing. (laughs) (laughs)
5: Mm -hmm.
4: All of it. And there was like, I mean, maybe to the credit, for the sake of the uh, for the sake of the negotiation, but no response, no like no, I, I like I, I wonder if Hilo and McKen even understand the slur, like if if it's anything to them, but Dalk doesn't make any sort of action to it, so
5: mm-hmm.
3: so maybe it's not offensive.
4: I think it is. I think I think Anden talked about that earlier but I don't know maybe they're stoic enough to kind of let it let it go just for the sake of the negotiation mm-hmm. And
0: it's probably yeah it definitely feels like something that they're like they probably did a lot when dealing with the crew so they're used to it for sure
5: mm-hmm.
0: All right, what do you guys think about Helo's plan here to offload you know just get Jade at this point all we know is they want to get Jade into the hands of the crews in order to get them off the bats of the tetanese in aspenia seems of.
1: oh go ahead
3: seems like a bad idea Mm -hmm.
1: oh you thought it was a bad idea
3: i don't know i mean it's not like important jay but i think Douk and shay's reservations of jay being in the hands of people who don't know how to use it and basically street rats isn't safe for anybody
1: I feel like he's like kind of giving it to them, and it's going to end up destabilizing their situation. Then allow him to like take care, take advantage of it. So I don't know. I like this scheme, especially with like it being like the runoff jade, basically that isn't even good. And I, I thought his point, and I'm not. I think he makes this to she to Shay later on, but like they have to evolve. Like their enemies are doing this, like if they continue to try to have some kind of sense of like honor, they're just going to end up where lawn is at. So I liked it. I still
4: like wholly expect him to pull something over on them somehow. Like this buys time, but maybe the first shipment is actual like runoff, which is still like their dregs and they still don't have a need for it. But then the second shipment is like, Jade, or
1: just fucking rocks. I don't know interesting, yeah, I think that's why he asked them so many questions, mm-hmm. kind of like to get an idea for like what they understood about Jade and like they don't even know what they're getting into <laughs> yeah and and so for that reason, like I said, I think he's like giving them all this jade so that then they start fighting over it with each other, have reasons to like be mad at each other about stuff. And then they can use that to create cracks where now Hami Tumashan can get in there and start making waves. Yeah,
0: because we do get that little very casual note that Hami has clearly accepted the position and is now in Port Massey. Which is kind of like
2: a... It's a great update, too, because it feeds into this idea of like, okay... It's it's a casual way to bring up that he's accepted the role, and I think that's a fun way to do it as opposed to like reengaging with a full conversation with Shay and otherwise just mm-hmm. being like, this is moving forward. Time advances as the story advances around it, and we don't need to constantly see every single element of what's happening all the time.
1: I really like how Fonda does that with the story. Because there's just so
2: much. Like, yeah. if, if she literally gave every scene... Yeah, it'd be so long. You know, yeah.
3: If she like
1: showed... It. And it'd be boring, yeah.
3: I like when authors mm-hmm. like give the reader the benefit of the doubt that we'll yeah. figure it out. Mm-hmm. Unlike our boy Brandon,
0: <laughs> I was yeah, ready true. for. I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I fucking like,
3: remember Brandon. Stop telling me the same thing.
0: <laughs> do you want a hundred
2: fifty-page dissertation on how this weird thing works that no one cares about? Or cool. I gave book it to you. Anyway.
3: Do you want to hear about the entire book one again at the beginning of book two? Sure. Yeah,
2: I didn't just read it. We'll do it. We'll do it in 40 pages this time, as opposed to 400.
3: Yes. You know I love him. Just
2: Yeah,
0: right, right, right. We all love him.
3: Everyone loves him. I'm agnostic.
0: Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So this chapter ends with Hilo and Doubt's conversation about, you know, like, Hilo, why are you really here? What's going on? And then Hilo reveals some of his plans, some of his thinking.
3: I like this new relationship.
0: Mm -hmm. Why'd you question if it's going to be a beautiful friendship, Aaron? (laughs)
3: You said that about the fucking gangsters.
0: No, I meant Doubt and Hilo.
3: It was in the gangster chapter.
4: It's in the same chapter. It's the same chapter. <sighs> I think you might have
0: It all rolls together. together. It's okay. <laughs> okay. I specifically said Doubt and Lowson. Doubt Maybe Lowson is discussed why you. listening, Thomas. Wow. Well, you still comment. Ah, there we go. You fucking <laughs> got, got the time to comment, Aaron. Maybe Ben's I. It's was... like,
2: this is the first time it hasn't been me. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe I
4: wow. was
0: eating
3: my sandwich. Okay.
0: Fair
4: enough. <laughs> Let her That's eat. a good excuse. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm never um, going to be mad at people for You
2: eating. did have a long weekend. Yeah. Jazz. Fine. It's a
3: beautiful <laughs> a bunch of jazz, beautiful friendship, Cabbage. full of jazz.
1: Yeah, um, I'm wondering if Doc... What's his name? Losan? Losan. Yeah. I'm wondering if he's up for this job. Hmm. He questions. seems like a
3: sweet man... <laughs> Maybe a little too sweet,
1: but he's got Roan Toro, who seems like he's got the scruples. So maybe the Good two word. of them together, yeah, could uh, think you could figure it out. But I'm, I'm I'm a little worried about him not being strong enough.
4: I don't think listening. it's even that.
1: To for for
4: me, it's not even so much about like their strength. It's it's the going from a loosely organized, like loosely organized, barely organized, quote unquote clan, to like a straight up clan in a country that isn't cool with it. Like, I I don't know if Hilo understands how much pressure he's putting on this guy. I
0: might have a very good analogy, but it's based on a satire so i don't know if this is actually good cross probably does it feels kind of like a startup getting seed money and then all of a sudden now we got real fucking rules we got like you actually have to report what's don't like you have a real job now you have to like do all the things by the book and there's like a real boss that you report to and everything's a lot more real than it was before when you had a great idea and we're just kind of running loosey-doosey
4: and if you do something wrong you go to jail
0: yeah, there's real consequences. <laughs> yeah. It's not just a, hey, mom, I need you, need some help with rent this month.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that's a great analogy.
1: I agree. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Totally. Considering that I am in that sort of position, <laughs> that's my entire life.
0: I so. knew it. I knew it. I was basing it on <laughs> literally uh, what I do. an HBO show that I will not name.
4: No, mm. for that. I'm going to rewatch all of it, by the way. <laughs> Silicon Valley? Trace it's Thomas. no yeah. names.
0: We were so good about it. <laughs>
2: we adhere to this rule for thomas's (laughs) sake and i refuse
0: (laughs) i respect that okay all
2: free ads
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right does that round out that rounds out chapter 40 i'd say cool shit looks like an orange
2: yeah so good with that we get into chapter 41 green as fuck Anden and Hilo head to a coffee shop before Hilo returns to Jan Loon. They talk about Anden's use to the clan, and Hilo lays out the plan for Anden to stay in Port Massey for now, to be No Peaks' inside man here, and to help Hami establish the new weatherman's office. After a brief conversation about a future with Corey, they part ways. Anden then booty calls Corey from a payphone.
3: I want to fuck!
2: Golly! (laughs) I want (laughs) to fuck! I was like, okay...
1: Yeah, I was like, well, okay.
3: It uh, seemed like a weird thing to say in the moment.
1: It did seem like a weird thing to say in the moment. This is all I want to talk about. Here's the thing. <laughs> Dude is I was like, Skirt. I, It was a big record scratch thing for me.
3: It was like so un
1: Yes, I just did not. I would have been so turned off by that. I've been mean, like... No.
3: That's not how that... That's not how you say that. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, baby, you wanna I mean, come put been, your hands in my pants again?
0: They've been in a situation ship for like a year at this point. It seems like, right? So probably pretty but used even, to it. I
3: mean, it was just he's like ups, clearly upset and like in a bad vibe situation. Oh,
1: it's
2: it's a bad fuck. No one's no one's saying it's that like, this is why, a good
1: time. Why
3: would I still come pick you up?
2: Yeah. But it's still like, it's a, I don't know. It's For him a, to just uh, be like, yeah.
1: okay, I'll come get you.
3: Like, okay, man.
1: Uh, I'd be like, are you okay?
3: Yeah. And it's just so un
4: Yeah, I don't
2: know. That seems weird. Is it? Mm-hmm. I, I want to get into that, but PJ, you look like you're biting at the mic.
4: No, I, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is there was the rejection that Andon gave Corey earlier because of the... Mm-hmm proximity of Hilo and coming off of that conversation of like Hilo effectively endorsing their relationship and that has to be a lot of weight off of Anden's shoulders. I think he he understood already that Hilo didn't have a problem with homosexuality in general and like that that wasn't an issue but just to get a direct endorsement of that relationship Gave some motivation to secure that relationship. And. That's fair. I think that's where he was coming from. Hmm. Whether or not he saw did it, it well is completely different, but I think that was his motivation.
1: I saw it more as like filling a hole by filling a hole, you know, <laughs> which I'm not a fan of. Yeah. And.
3: You're not a fan of. Filling holes. A hole filled.
1: No, that part's fine. I'm saying when you have a hole in your heart. I know.
3: I know what you're saying.
1: You shouldn't. I
3: was trying to make a joke.
1: That I think what he needed from his friend Corey was not a hole. It was. Friendship. It was, yeah.
3: Concern. Are you okay? Yeah. I didn't see it at all as him being like, oh, now I can be with Corey. I saw it as like.
1: I'm sad.
3: I'm sad. I want to feel better. Come yeah. fuck
1: me. Yeah.
3: No, the reason, I know you're trying to push us back to the start of the chapter, but the reason I think it's so unanded is because he's not a forward guy at all.
1: He's getting more forward and he does really like sex and they like sex with each other. So, I mean, like, I guess it's coming from, I can kind of understand it, but I did think it was just like, dang, if he's doing that, then there's like clearly Maybe something spiraling. There's something going on with him. Like, I don't know. It's a, I, I think it's a that warning there's,
2: there's sign a, for me. Interesting. Okay. I, I can understand like leaning into that as like a a sign of change or or of of tumult to some degree. But I would I would say that on the other side of that too, it's it's also the sort of acceptance of like of who he is and finally being able to kind of chase the things that he wants, similar to what Thomas had said earlier. Like it's it's this it's this idea of like, okay, I'm accepted, okay, like I also, it's this massive weight off of his shoulders of his place in the family to some degree. Like he feels, while not perfectly accepted, he feels like welcomed back in a big way, and that's a big deal to him because that is his only family. Hmm. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of pent up something going on, and that's why I think it comes off so aggressively in the moment.
1: I. I th- I'm glad that you guys have that perspective because I didn't really get that. I saw it more as like he didn't get what he wanted in the moment. Yeah, he was
3: so upset when he yeah. left.
1: And
2: I, I think he didn't vocalize himself fully, but yeah. Yeah. I think it's still wins, but not the win that he wanted.
4: Yeah. So, so I, I think I'm going to amend my statement a little bit in hearing the conversation and reflecting on it, less that. Their relationship is accepted and more that his his place in hispania is more permanent now oh there's also that and he doesn't have a like a clock on how long a relationship in this country could last
2: that's a great point too because that is also a part of the perspective right is that it's like oh, well, if I'm not leaving now, then we can stay. And also, there's the other side of it, too, that Hilo, we're kind of working our way backwards through this chapter, which I guess I've just accepted. <laughs> <laughs> you um, have to. Hilo brings up, he brings up in the conversation that Hilo brings up that, like, he wouldn't fit, that there's no way that Corey would fit in John Loon. And so there's kind of, and and really, Andon internalizes that and thinks about that because it's this green-as-fuck city, right? And so in that same regard, it's like, oh, well, if I want to be with Andin, this guy that I like, well, then I have to be here. To be also, him. I'm yeah. literally being told to be here and I'm accepted back into the family. Cool. Okay. Like, yeah, there's there's a lot of that. I like that read. There's still an anxiety and, and angst
4: all over the yeah. place inside of this as well. I but. don't I don't think he feels like he's been accepted back into the family. Yeah,
3: I yet. don't I think he leaves this upset and like he's being like reactionary. I don't hmm. see him leaving this happy at all. That's where I like completely disagree.
4: the The terms of his <laughs> exile were two years, and that's been pulled out from under. And he's
3: him. so upset about it. He wants to go home. Like he talks about, you know, the, the smells of KCon and wanting mm-hmm. to hear his native language. And like, he does not want to stay here.
2: Yeah. So now I'm going to hop back to the beginning of the chapter so that we can unwind that because I think that's the way that we get to that point, right? So they have the breakfast. You know, the Heons are handsomely rewarded for housing and taking care of and for the price. Two years, it's great. They get like a...
3: Monetary <laughs> gift. I know that it's
2: like a, it's a great piece of artwork, but I just think of it about it as like, here's some money and a poster. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's just the way that it stands out in my brain. The Three Wolf um,
4: Moon poster. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it's
2: rolled, so that makes sense.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: there's a poster in a tube, but there's there's that which I think is lovely. Of course, they are finally kind of paid, and they are the parents that I think Andon has always needed to some degree, which yes. is great.
3: The heons. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like great. grandma and grandpa. Yeah,
2: yeah, like a real grandma and grandpa, not a shitty grandpa that calls you garbage and half-blooded and really powerful and like abilities and not half else. tiger. <laughs> Yeah, right. Blah. Thank God he's dead. Anyway, <laughs> I also, I love the the little line that we get to about too dark to see green as a stand-in in some ways for grimdark and like this idea of like amoralistic media in sort of the the way that characters are painted and projected, especially because we are literally reading something that fits directly into that genre in mean, a lot of ways in which we are not following, you know, positive green, like the heroes that we're following aren't actually heroes mm-hmm. in, in a big way, despite their own mentality about them. It's a nice like, little meta note, I think, on the story.
3: Yeah, that was dope. I can get a tattoo, too dark to see green.
2: Be mm. pretty, pretty, be jade as fuck.
3: Sick. BDF. That's your tattoo, uh, jade AF.
2: <laughs> there, I, I would do it. So... <laughs> What do we think about Hilo and conversation Hilo's conversation with Andon about his place though and winding to why we like are rewinding in this chapter or from from the front to back. There's there's a lot that happens here and that's unfolded, and I think that it it we have mixed reactions. So
1: I want to unpack that. I still just don't understand like why Andon wants to go back to Chandelier. It's his
3: home country and he didn't have the choice to leave.
1: But, why, but he feels to like be exile. in the clan, like you know what comes with that. Like
3: I understand being homesick, and he wants to. I
1: can definitely understand that. But it's like he's in a full-on, oops, he's in a full-on cake and eat it too situation.
3: I d- he never wanted to be in Espania. He's making the best of it, but like he thought it was two years, you know.
1: But he's not looking at like all the great things that he has here.
3: Either. I agree, but th- I'm saying the way he feels is it's bad. He, I don't think he comes out of this being, like, happy about it.
1: Everything's come out so positive for him, though. I just don't, like, I don't know. I don't I think get, his, like, what he wants.
4: His decision to reject Jade, I don't think he intended it for a rejection of the clan as a whole. He wanted to serve the clan, and he wanted to be with his family and be in his home country but he didn't trust himself to to wear jade. So he wanted like he rejected that as a means of like saving himself and I don't think he understood in the moment truly what that meant and the repercussions of that. And like I think he still yearns for serving the clan. On a like an intimate level, and being with his family, and and being with his siblings, for lack of a better term, like their cousins, their siblings, whatever they are, but like they they basically act as siblings, and he misses that. I, I don't think there's anything. He's young. He's a young kid. And I just want somebody old. Yeah,
1: I just want somebody to ask him, like, okay, and in in your ideal world, what does it look like? For you to be back. What does that look like? Because I just want to know like what his vision is that he actually wants. Like, what would that even look like? Has he thought about it? Yeah, I think he I wanted think he to work
3: a job, make money, you know, live in a fucking village or whatever, but he doesn't want to be forced to be so far away.
1: But I, I guess what Hilo's trying to show him is that he can't this is the way that he can serve the clan. hmm
2: Right. It's it's not only that it's the path to serve the clan, but it's one that like he is immediately adept at and like can actively right. jump into the role. And that's the reason that it, it's kind of worked out that he's here. You know, the the line, what could you do in Jan Loon that would be useful to the clan as what you could accomplish here? And he's, you know, Pilo throws back very coldly the tell me you'll put on Jade and I'll book you an airplane ticket tomorrow. But of course, that isn't going to happen. As, as we know, and it's Hilo tries to make it very clear that it's like it's this isn't about punishing you. It's about the fact that you'll be sort of shamed by I show standards, more or less like I'm past Hilo feels and I'm, I'm curious as to your thoughts. But Hilo feels like in the way that he expresses himself, like he is pretty far past this mostly and is accepting of it, but that he's afraid of the way that other people will treat him as a member of the call family.
4: I don't think it's even that. I think that there are absolutely jadeless positions that require Espanian language. Phones exist in this world. They can. They're constantly in communication with the Espanian government and military. Like they need people that can speak their language. Oh, I'm, I'm not side. suggesting that. So, but my you're, my point is totally right. my like I think the biggest issue. Is that having Andon there jadeless is a liability. He can get kidnapped, kidnapped and held on. ransom like
2: that. That That is a part of the agreement. So we do know that that's like binding. But, and he's is not being honest with that side of things. But the other side of this is that at the very least, I don't think he's wrong in the way that he says you know you'll only ever be the least of the calls the one who was ruined by jade and can't wear it anymore you'll be treated the way that a recovered alcoholic or released convict is treated with pity is that what you want if you intended for something other than that you'd have to figure it out yourself
4: he doesn't let him answer While you're though, here so like that's not a that's not a legitimate reason for him because you
2: know, he he does let him he he lets him ask a question he says are you concerned about me or just my family's reputation he says I don't give a sh- my wife's a stone eye. like I push against this shit actively that's my life
1: I mean, I thought Hilo was spitting fire this entire no, argument. No, I thought Hilo, <laughs> I thought Hilo was saying, although,
3: like, I just, thought Hilo was in the right. I'm just saying, I don't think Andon felt any warm and fuzzy feelings after any of this. I, yeah, I agree. No.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's
4: fair. I agree with that. And I, I don't think those, I think even given that argument, Andon would still choose to come home. Like if it if that's all that it was about, Andon would still choose to come home and face the discrimination.
3: Yeah, because he's already been discriminated and unlucky his whole life. Mm-hmm. He just wants to be in his own culture.
4: Right. Whereas I, I think there's more. There are there's more to it that he's not letting on to Andon. Um,
2: that's for sure. I, I don't disagree with that at all. But I think that he is also being. Pretty honest on the other side, like he's being ninety percent
5: honest. Everything he's saying is is true. Pretty critical.
4: Everything he's saying is true. It's just not the critical thing, and he's not truly giving. That what we're yeah, basically. But he's also not truly giving Anden a choice here.
2: Oh no, Anden does not have a choice. He's not. He's not offering an option. He's he's denying the option via rationale. So, okay, to, to Aaron and Ben's point, yes, I don't think he's running away from here with, with happy-go-lucky feelings necessarily, but I think he does come away uh, with this feeling of, uh, as, as it said, and despite himself, he began to like Port Massey to see its muddled nature and strange customs as unique and vibrant in their own way. But he also wanted to go home to hear his native language spoken in the streets, to be surrounded by the sights and smells of Jan Loon that he'd grown up with and had always taken for granted. The conflict felt irreconcilable. And so as he sees one part of that life, the Jan Loon part of his life, walk away and take off on an airplane, he settles in to calling the other side of his life for a fuck. I want a fuck. Because those differences can't, they, they seem incompatible right now.
3: I totally get it, man. Anytime you've lived anywhere other than
2: mm-hmm.
3: your hometown, it's like there's always like a pole, you know? Even if you like where you're at.
2: I, yeah, I totally get it. I don't want to just be contradictory and say I have no pull to my hometown. My only pull to my hometown is the fact that PJ generally lives there and that Adam <laughs> Sometimes lives there and that's
1: it. That's I'm repelled it. by my hometown personally.
2: Yeah, I know. I, I am pretty but ben, actively. You've as well. always
3: lived but. in the Midwest. I'm saying if you moved like to, I don't know, New York, you'd be like wanting to come home.
1: No, I wouldn't.
3: Yes, you would. New York sucks.
1: And moved to
0: upstate New York. I, I like <laughs> New York. Personally. We didn't hang out. I. I think
4: it. the difference is Anden didn't move. Anden was mm. was moved. <laughs> he was moved. Right. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Right.
3: Yeah.
2: Cool. All right. Anything else in chapter forty-one? Loved the spirited debate and uh, unwinding that chapter forwards and backwards to back. To Do forward. we think Anden gets fucked?
0: He fucked you know, so hard. Here's here. the thing: is our guy Corey pretty emotionally intelligent?
3: Why don't we go on a walk instead? You seem hey. kind of wound tight.
0: He's pretty, no, you know. People, people say flitting around like a beautiful little butterfly. That Corey, Corey was leaving the next day. Friends with everybody. They don't have time. Oh, they definitely fucked. So yeah,
1: mm.
2: <laughs> for sure, fucked. They fucked like four times. Yeah, Corey was like, "Yikes!" Probably went on a walk. <laughs> After, like, number three. Everyone is having a hard time with it.
0: I have a nice heart-to-heart. Got a stone.
2: <laughs> Got a stone. <laughs> Need to fucking fuel Excellent. up. No, you're right. You're right.
0: Nice <laughs> tea. All right. All right. Chapter 42. A difficult position. And let me just say, side note, coming right after <laughs> I want to fuck a difficult position, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> what's up? It's so good. Great work, Fonda. Shay and Hilo discuss his trip to Hispania, with Shay sharing some reservations but keeping others more or less to herself. The pair then discuss Maro, 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 Mar- Mar- with Shay revealing the pair are allegedly on a break, and Hilo advises her to be honest with him. Next, Shay spends a day with my guy, Son Tomorrow, playing a game of Chasso and discussing the outgoing Chancellor's future. Finally, we cut to the aftermath of a Wound Poppy's wedding, where Morrow had apparently been Shay's date, and the pair have a charged exchange before Shay tells Morrow about her abortion. A lot going on in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Three different, pretty big things, all on their own. Pretty quick chapter as well.
4: Yeah, I—I I mean, what was the name of your cocktail again, Ben?
1: <laughs> Surprise. I got an abortion without telling you. You look like you need a drink. Good job. That's probably what she should have done.
0: i have probably going <laughs> over better.
3: I'm just confused why, like, she's inviting him to be the date to the wedding. Like, agreed.
1: What, first, agreed. Like, first strike.
3: Why is she playing this guy? Wedding like, date. let him go, man.
0: Bad idea. Let him it lose. Also- exactly. Okay. I'm just going to dive into that here because that made no sense to me and we can mm-hmm. it, it it's at the 100%. beginning too when he's like she's so like we're perfect. friends because they left things and it seemed pretty done and it seemed oh, pretty yeah. met, like heartbroken and messy and painful and then all of a sudden they're friendly and I mean not and all of a sudden it
1: was months ago like, Do does Shay even
3: need a date?
1: have some self-respect like I didn't like him being like where are we <laughs> like bro you gotta also, get it together <laughs> like you cannot be doing that, coming back to the house drunk, being five months after you got broken up with already, being like, where are we? Should I come in? He's got to be better than
3: that. Sipping hard. <laughs> Do I, I have don't it-
1: agree with anything that Shay did, but he's got to be better than that. Do I have it backwards in my head,
4: or did Shay find out about wounds' engagement after the breakup with Morrow?
3: I think it was before
4: was it okay yes yeah because yeah, before she does it she mentions yeah.
0: wedding planning
1: gotcha yeah. I was, like, I,
3: come yeah. on Shay like I don't know that was bad I don't I would never invite an ex-boyfriend to go to a wedding it's such a confusing. it's fucking
0: weird
1: it's yeah really it's weird. such a bad beer. bad
3: look Shay that at is, your that
1: house bad. too yeah. yeah
0: and like they're broken up and pretending to be friends right now. Like, they're not like, you know, Which friends with benefits, hooking up yeah. off and on.
3: Everyone knows it Cross, have work. you
0: invited a to a wedding? You're like bouncing a little bit in your seat. <laughs> no, I was, I was vibing
2: with the entire side of the conversation. Okay. I've never I was invited an ex to a wedding. <laughs> I was like, no, no, Cross, no, no. What, are you, what are you about That's to say? Right.
0: No. No. Proud of
2: you. I was just loving the bits. <laughs>
0: okay. So back at the beginning of the chapter, one of the things that happens, and it's something that repeatedly happens throughout the course of these books so far, is... Is Shay basically being like, you always do this to me, you just do whatever you want without consulting me. And Hilo repeatedly accuses her of that. <laughs> and they just always are making messes for each other and then you know, just
1: very sibling-y. Yeah, we I was gonna her. say that's very much the family dynamic, I feel like.
3: And I think she's right when she's like, if Lon were here, we'd have, you know, long chats before anyone made a decision. <laughs> yeah.
0: And we mm-hmm. never get anything done. Yeah, what what was the tone you kinda took for her from that from
3: I, about line
0: yeah
1: but was it the like nothing ever it done?
3: no like you know if only
1: yeah I don't yeah I, I don't know I think like to me this red is like yeah they're giving each other shit about it but they're also kind of like it works for us in a mm-hmm. way I don't know I think
0: yeah I think we get a lot of breadcrumbs throughout that Hilo definitely th- thinks of them as a dream team but there's yeah. all these little like soft jabs from Shay to indicate maybe, you know, she's not
1: as into it.
2: Some youngest sh- sibling bullshit for sure.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, but she's had like the worst offenses to that though as far as like making decisions without asking.
0: <laughs> <Opening up>
1: international <laughs> trade.
0: I mean, she started the opening up <laughs> trading with the Spenian thing.
1: Yeah. And I mean, yeah. Challenging the fucking... Ben, she- Pillar of the mountain yeah. to she, a duel.
3: She sees the international <laughs> world as her wheelhouse. So yes, she's I think protective. that's why she's more. To
1: me, this just kind of rather right about like, it. Yeah, she she feels like this was kind of like her thing that he kind of stepped into. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's, it is, and it gets back to the challenge of it, where that's you know, right
1: Perceiving in theory, the military world, aspect.
0: Yeah. And now yeah. he is, in turn, stepping on her in the financial aspect. Yeah. Speaking um, of this... Oh, sorry, PJ.
4: No, just bringing up the, the, the duel. When she conceded, mm-hmm. when she surrendered, what was the concession there? Her jade. Was it just her jade, or did she agree to like follow Ite?
0: No. No? Okay. No. It's just, you won the fight, don't kill me, here's my jade. And then like, I think she said, like, she does say stuff a, after, but she's like, I'll spend the rest of my life being the best Greenbone I can be in serving the country.
1: Okay. And normally that would be, like, an, a thing where that's a loss of honor, but in this situation, it worked out for her as she gained honor.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, yeah, it's like, I just... They brought it up a couple of times. I'm like, well, there was no... It's just business as usual, (laughs) and I expected there to be some sort of change or fallout as a result. Oh, yeah. It's like she was so
0: outclassed, basically, or like perception-wise going into the fight she was so outclassed that people are just like, just the fact that she held her own for a little bit, people are like, oh, yeah, she's green as fuck.
3: It's fucking year off, dude.
0: Yeah. Okay. So speaking of the tangled web with the Hispanians that I was getting to, I have a quote from Hilo here and like a little passage, I guess. Hilo made a noise in the back of his throat. If it were up to me, foreigners want to have Jade at all. We're way past that point, Shay. Granda's generation went down that road thirty years ago as soon as they let the Espanians into the country and took their money to rebuild after the war. Now look at where we are. SN one and IBCS and all that other shit.
1: Preach. Fucking call Sendington. <laughs> one more thing we can blame him for.
3: I think he was doing great.
0: What yeah, was IBCS?
1: Time Oh, God. Oh,
0: one look of the other things mentioned. I don't... I, I can't remember if it was anything.
2: It's it's the practice that the military of Espenia uses as, as they refer to the jade disciplines. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure that it's actually IBCS. I think it's something else.
0: IBJCS. Okay, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. My uh, okay. copy and pasted it from the Kindle so it got messed up in transcription. But yeah, it's interesting because obviously it was like... They've robbed Peter to pay Paul, in a way, and by living the devils into the country.
2: For those wondering, the acronym Integrated Bioenergetic Jade Combat System is the full.
3: Rolls right off the tongue.
2: (laughs) Super duper great. Really easy to say.
0: IBJCS also isn't like a great acronym. We need the Hispanians to spend some of their money on branding, maybe. Yeah, they need better
2: marketing people. I'm all about TLAs. I cannot do five-letter acronym.
0: Did you fucking use an acronym to describe acronyms? I can't believe it. Yo, it's a joke. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) You ever heard of bits? (laughs) 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 Ever heard of being good at them?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Brutal, I guess, but we'll see.
0: We've already touched on this a little bit, but my next note is about Hilo's revelation that he plans to supply the crews with the crappy jade.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Love great it. plan and get 700 million or 800 million failures yeah, which, which is houses. a lot we know that's a lot that's a lot of moolah it's a big number
4: i, I appreciated the jade. more detailed description of like here's why it's a good idea because it is rejected jade like it's scrap and it is not traced like, there, there mm-hmm. is no reason why, like, like, there's nothing we have to do to hide this from the KJA.
1: And, like, a portion of it is, like, not even usable. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love how the bosses think that they're scamming him with their price. Or Really, he's scamming them with the jade mm-hmm. that he's giving them. So, that's good stuff. That's the good stuff.
3: They've got to bring in, like, the Espanian government, like, a person who can verify that it's the real. The government's not involved. No, I'm saying like the government did Oh. to bring someone in. To- well, they didn't know shit about it. That's why
1: I was asking all the questions.
3: Right, but like, are they that dumb? How are they that dumb? They've He's got to check it at some point.
1: Being pretty dumb, see? They
0: like, probably sir? got some. They'll get a fucking rock doctor out here to look at Love it that and band. be like, <laughs> "That is Jade." Maybe they'll do the hold it up to your cheek bit, like the yeah, but
1: they don't the know. rock like they don't. Yeah, like they don't know, and they're. They don't trust Keck so it's not like they're going to hire somebody, like a former clan member mm-hmm. to tell them what's up.
0: I mean, listen, Blaze said, you think he doesn't know about this shit? He says he knows about this shit. He knows about this shit. Gotta trust Blaze. Yeah, Blaze, Blaze is the bull, baby. <laughs> so they pivot from the discussion about Kilo's time in Hispania to discuss Morrow and Shay's relationship. So what do we think of Hilo and Shay's interaction regarding Marrow here?
3: I think Hilo's saying the right thing. Gotta tell the truth.
1: Yeah, I agree.
3: Don't play with that man's heart, Don't play Shay. with
1: that man's heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought his advice was good. Yeah, Hilo seems to have a good kind
0: of... Have his finger on the pulse of most things when it comes to love, at least.
1: Yeah, relationships, human interaction. He's all really good at that stuff. Mm-hmm. Which... It is kind
4: of surprising, you know? Face value, he doesn't seem like he'd be a nougat in the middle kind of dude, but... <laughs> I, yeah. I get that, but I disagree
0: pretty strongly because everything to him is so personal and emotional yeah. and it's all relationships to him.
4: Yeah. But everything. And, like, I mean, we know that, but... Okay, I got gotcha. His exterior is... App-
3: appearances, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: Okay, Sorry, I thought you meant Halo. like... Yeah, I misunderstood
0: you. Sorry. I thought you meant like first appearance, even like as a reader. I don't know what I was thinking. No, My no, bad. no.
4: Just like his his outward right, present. That, yeah. Presentation.
0: That I do agree with. What do we think about Chasso, the game that uh, Slow Tomorrow and Che are playing? Is it basically golf? It, it like seems golf like
3: golf with a skeet shooting. Clay pigeon.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Golf. Yeah. 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 It was like golf mixed with clay pigeons. <laughs>
2: Specifically, just the description of like elderly people of whom were unfit and mm-hmm. infirm, yeah. like doing saying, it, and it's like good like golf, yeah. killing my
0: guy, soon mm. once again, <laughs> golf,
1: <laughs> build, golf and bowling, kind of, yeah.
0: a pickleball is fun as shit,
2: regardless it's of age. It's for old people.
1: We're having old pickleball people, at our tournament.
2: I have I, played pickleball with old people, and they kicked the fuck <laughs> out of me, and I was tired. Hey, Ben and
3: I also play a lot of pickleball. I'm just saying, it's old people love it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also true. I was just making sure that we weren't like ageisting that because uh, pickleball rules, and it's hard.
4: Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's also <laughs> fun being really tall and playing pickleball because
2: <laughs> no just slam you. it down, <laughs> hey, you, <laughs> pop. <laughs> mm.
4: okay, I just my- got a notification on my watch that my brother finished a pickleball game. <laughs> 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 That's <laughs> unreal. <laughs> On brand, creepy. Got to share your activity with your family. Yeah, apparently <laughs> it's alone. Laugh when you win. All right, PJ kicked the shit out of me three weeks ago.
2: <laughs>
0: anyway, but within the Chasso game, Shea and Son they get into some interesting discussions about the Espenians. You know, continuing the pressure to try to get this refugee bill passed to like prevent refugees coming into a or into Tacon. And someone seems pretty committed to his lame duck status and not upending anything. But Shea has other ideas. What did we think about that plan?
1: Yeah, that was I see you wrote this here in the outline. And I agree. That seemed like some weird voting situation there. I did yeah. not understand why the chancellor emeritus still got to have like a deciding vote. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's your vote.
2: <laughs> this is some corrupt as shit Russian.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay, uh,
2: literally, like uh-huh. Putin rewrote the laws to be almost identical to this, so that when someone who was chancellor became president, they would have the same power in reverse. <laughs> so this is literally like mirroring the Putin law. Oh, okay, basically, that makes sense. They kept him in power through the late nineties and onward. Mm-hmm. Didn't Mirrored work out. in real law. Yeah. Well, no, it, he's well, that, still.
0: I-
1: it
2: did work out actually? Unfortunately, I'm saying it didn't work out for all but of But Why does
0: KCon yeah. have it? Is my question. Not, not <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. but it does right, make right. sense as I uh, understand real world things. But like, right? It's just weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, yeah, it's a sign of
2: corruption. More or yes, less. especially yeah.
0: because she's like, "Hey, you should remain in the council because we'll fucking make it worth your while."
1: Yeah, and he's like, "Cool, okay." <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to be a friend of
0: the
4: clan. Yeah,
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) who in all of K-town would be so foolish?
4: Definitely the sort sort of realizations of. All right. Yeah, these aren't good people that we're rooting for necessarily. This is what did that? I mean, no, not not, not necessarily. But it's it's still (laughs) like
2: like, it's just building. It wasn't killing mom that did that for you. Killing, well, Shay Shay, Shay's different than hero
1: lobbying That's That's where this is where I pretty draw tough like Box lobbying actually to keep out refugees honestly <laughs> Fuck lobbying.
2: you're totally right this is a this is a tough look <laughs> in some ways
0: yeah it is a tough look <laughs> Good point then for getting to but, the meat of the of things and not
3: just <laughs> the someone, weird son tomorrow says kind of is like you you t- still have to vote with the country like you can't yeah only right. vote for your own clan
1: right
0: He kind of gives her a
3: warning. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sohn's good at this too. Like, for as much shit as he gets in, like, the descriptions of being fat, overweight, and kind of like being cowed by Hilo when we (laughs) initially. Right. Like, he is Chancellor for a reason.
2: We're at the hot and heavy bit.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I do think this just speaks once again to how kind of full of shit everything is in Jan Loon and the world at large here. We're just, you know, Gold and Jade never together, and we have. Boat is yeah. fundamentally controlling the government, regardless. Robbing
1: the government, yeah, yeah.
0: All right, and that brings us to the main event. We've touched on it a lot already. Marrow, the wedding date already skewered. That it makes no sense. A lot of tension going on. There's a chance, you know, it looks like they might fuck at some point. Doesn't <laughs> <What> happen. Fuck. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> we get. You know, we did an emotional conversation between the two. It's not super long. It's mostly Morrow kind of being like, "This is what I wish could happen." She being like, "Yeah, me too." I was trying. I was doing what I thought was best, and then, bam! I had an
1: abortion.
3: I'm glad she finally told him.
1: Mm-hmm. Are we?
3: It's his baby too.
1: I thought it was just mean spirited the entire situation.
3: I think she had to tell him at some point, and I think it. It will solidify the breakup.
1: I think she should have just broken up with him and like, I don't know. Be. What does this accomplish? It be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it seems selfish because it's like absolving her conscience and just
1: right. Gutting does him. it
4: though? I don't know if it even does that.
1: Like it gets it off her chest that she feels bad and guilty for not telling him in the first place, which she, at least in this moment, have. I think it does PJ. Yeah. She,
0: I mean, she's drunk right now. You know what I mean? From a wedding. It just
1: felt nasty.
3: I just want to say it takes two to tango and you know, she definitely should have told him before. I understand why she didn't because she had a clan mm-hmm. to take care of, but I still think he deserved
1: to know. I think he deserved to know.
3: And how, how could she ever have a relationship with him if she never told him? Mm-hmm. That's why she's telling him. She what,
1: already decided she was not going to have a relationship with this guy when she didn't bring him into I the kind of first place. As, you're, Her
0: you're definitely separate, right. like cutting the bridge.
2: Man, I don't I don't think it was that I think it's it, it is it is both it is an open hand. And if you grab the hand and you can understand why I took this path, then we can proceed forward. If you don't, then we're done. Yeah. That's and that's I, that's sort I of the said. way that it's treated. But
1: yeah. I don't I think that she's saying it knowing there's no way he's going to reach out and take that open hand. Like, no,
2: right. Agreed. She's Agreed. saying it. With I don't like, think that it was reasonable. Yeah.
1: There's no reason. Like to me, the decision about the relationship had already been made. It had been made five months ago or whatever, you know, like
3: when she killed his unborn child,
1: right? Like she already knew. So like at that point to me, this came off, like he needed
0: a drink and yeah. she <laughs> didn't offer him one. She should have given him a drink. God right. damn it! Um,
1: to, I don't know just to me like yeah if she decided to keep it to herself in that moment then I right, think when they broke up when then I think when she's doing it now like it doesn't serve any purpose other than to just like gut and crush him
3: I don't think I think she's doing it like cross is saying like he's like I want honesty and she's like okay if we can only move forward with honesty then here's the honesty do you still want to move forward? Right, my
2: bowels like here's here are the literal oh. depths of my guts
1: but she knows yeah. the answer to that question so like to me so it doesn't need to be said that's what I'm saying is like yeah total
2: totally he knows
1: the that. way he's going to react so like just keep it to yourself because the only thing that's going to come out of it is it's like, cruelty that's to him. where yes, exactly yeah. yeah
0: that's where I think right. the being drunk kind of plays in because like she rationally she knows that she's emotional right. she's drunk in this moment and so she's like Hilo's words are resonating in her head, so she might not be thinking like I already know the answer. She's thinking, "God, there's, there's
2: she's lying." Yeah, I'll
0: we'll yeah. find it. And just, I think there's a bit of both <clears throat> going on. I think her rational side mm-hmm. might be on autopilot, being like, "If you tell him this, yes, it sever like it severs everything." But yeah, in and the I moment, don't she like and thinking I of it the other way.
1: way. I'm probably being like a little yeah. harsh. Like I don't think like I I can see where you guys are coming for for sure, but I just I don't know. I feel like she's just like being unwieldy and like i don't know not very considerate like yeah, i just like, think that she's lost it a little bit in that moment to me like just, especially she kisses him right before like that yeah it's, exactly it, like the it's whole weird. thing is just
4: to me it but feels that's, more like that's a like, hail mary like yeah mm, like a i like i am laying myself bare for you
3: Right. Like, and, we can't move forward unless I'm honest. So, this is what mm-hmm, I did. Mm-hmm. And, Do
4: you that, still and that's the love open me? hand thing. Yeah. Yeah. It can be I maybe understand a little that. bit Starks mistimed, just... and that can be explained way pretty pretty easily based on like post wedding, both emotional and like horny. W- so, yeah. Uh, and drunk and dealing with <laughs> all of the like weird emotions from, from Wound and mm-hmm. like their. Th- thing that never happened that he presented to her and like there's a lot that she has on her plate in this instance and I I don't think this is malicious I don't think this is self sabotaging I think this is genuinely a Hail Mary in like she does call it masochistic exactly that's what I was going to say so that's why it's like the
2: the line is the pressure of a fierce and masochistic abandon swelled inside of Shay's chest Right. And so like there's there is a mixed I, I think okay. to the point is that there is she's not self-sabotaging I I think to your point but she is drunk enough that she is willing to step over a line that otherwise she might not have considered but I regardless of whether or not she's intoxicated I uh, hmm. I'm a firm believer that this was the right choice. Ben, I understand your perspective on on this being like, why would you hurt him further? Why would you endanger this relationship or like this friendship or whatever and dig a deeper hole? I don't even think it's like about saving
1: anything. I just think it's, it just, at the end of it just comes out cruel.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, sure. I still think it's the, I still think it's the right call. I don't know. I've got that gradient of honesty that I think I appreciate.
3: Ben's just worried about our guy, Mero.
0: I just feel like, you know, it's we fair. know how I he too. feels about his nieces.
1: We know yeah. I just don't like he's never going to like, he's never going to be like, okay, now that you're honest with me, it's okay now. Like, I don't know. She knew that she had him in the palm of her hand. And I just feel like, especially with him before that, being like, where are we at? Like, he's clearly like, still pining for a relationship. That's never going to happen that they both know is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But he's still there like trying. She invited yeah. him this fucking wedding that she shouldn't I have don't. invited him to. Like, I don't know. That's just like all of that is just nasty. And mm-hmm. that's, I just don't think she's like, you know, to me you're not considering another person's feelings very well in that moment. And like the whole thing, just everything that led up to it. Plus then... Like dealing this crushing blow, and be like, "Well, you asked for honesty." It's like I don't know. I just like <laughs> not the moment for it. I can, if you're gonna cut, like to me, if she's gonna cut him out at the end, at the beginning, then you can do with the kindness of saving him. That at the end is kind of how I see it.
2: But I, I see the long ball throw. Like I, I totally, I totally get what you're saying, Ben. I just, I, I think I see the. If you truly think that the only problem between us is a lack of honesty, here it is. Here's here's the last thing that I haven't been honest about. You've read into me. You've seen everything else from the outside. You've read that perfectly because you're a smart man. Here's the thing that you didn't know.
1: Yeah.
3: I wonder if this will drive him to talk I, to the Shatarians. To me, I just
1: That's don't see. I, I like. I I see her as she's uh, like already made her decision. So there's no long shot yeah. decision to be made or. There's no long well, shot to happen here because, like, but, but if her decision he, has he been could made. Turn.
2: Yeah, but if, but if he would turn, that might work. And it she, could work. She is pining
3: for him. She does want it to work. Yeah.
1: In yeah. some world that's not real, I don't know, not in this reality that she's in.
2: Yeah, there is constantly the problem of the half-Shatarian yeah. nature that she has a problem with with the history and then, like, the political nature of things. But it, part of me questions whether or not that would be important at this point now, given her standing in the clan. So, like, those were some previous anxieties, but I'm not sure that they'd stand up now at this point. I don't know. It's all, it's all good, though. And I think that's kind of the nature of what Fonda wants us to debate and have in our brains right now is like, well, how should we feel about Morrow? Yeah. Hami's happy, though. Sorry, not Hami. Woon Donwa is so happy right now. <laughs> like he's finally got his wife.
0: He's
4: married.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's we, worked for longer than the year, you know?
4: There was some really weird weird vibes coming from him last week when when presented with the or when when faced with the conversations about his wedding. So good to see him following through with it and happy about it man his wife his
0: fiance at the time his mother they got the wedding plan and unlocked he doesn't have to worry about a thing that's about
2: Not a thing
0: alright my last question here is this what we think Hilo meant by be honest
3: <laughs> I think Hilo meant break up with him
0: yeah yeah, exactly and okay just for, just for a split second I was like does Hilo know does she
3: <laughs> think Hilo knows well, I okay. I don't know.
2: I don't think Hilo knows. I don't
1: think Hilo knows.
2: I don't think that it was break up with him necessarily. I think it was make a choice. Like I, I don't think it was so right. firm as to say like go that direction so much as it was. I agree. Yeah. Make mm-hmm. a decision.
1: Make a decision. Stop fucking with yeah. him. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Be honest just with yourself. Don't go break in my just just be honest with
3: him. I think
0: with it was yourself. that. Yeah. That's what he said. I think right. obviously meant break up with him, and so that's why I think Hilo meant break up with him because sure. sure. like Hilo. He but knows I, don't, I don't think he was her. putting
2: too fine a point on it. You know what I mean? Right. Like he was never, if you feel otherwise, he would right. have been fine with it. Yeah. As stated previously. So.
0: Yeah. So that's it.
2: Cool. All right. With that, we get into our last chapter of the week. Chapter 43, Family Jade. Hilo has a chat with Moot, incorrectly thinking him to be Barrow and burying him alive with some of his own jade studs that he plucked from his flesh to slowly die from the itches in a grave underground. Back home, Hilo shares the lawn's recovered jade with Nico. This is a fucking chapter. This is so difficult to read, to reread, to write notes about. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I, do, I just mean, uh, I'm not saying that anyone's not deserving of this, but this is just, it's it's fucked in its own right. Oh, yeah. I had a great time.
3: Ben doesn't seem to feel bad at all for moot.
1: Oh, I, mean, I thought right. it was cool as fuck. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was pretty I thought it was sick. Answer. It
2: But if you think about it for a second, I did. I think it's cool. <laughs> created a secondary nightmare for me, which isn't just being like buried alive, but it's like having heroin injected in me, and then having me <laughs> scratch myself to death while buried alive, barely breathing oxygen. And you can't scratch like, yourself
0: to death because you're tied all your the
2: way duct up. Tapes. You're duct taped. You're trying to, yeah, to scratch yourself I mean, to death. This, is, the this mean. is worse than cement shoes.
1: Fuck around and find out.
4: Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> He's literally Mother wearing of, uh, the... <laughs> not, like, re... Reset, reset. Jade yeah. of it's so the bad. pillar of the clan, the older brother of
0: the current pillar, like who has a violent reputation. Like just, I, I'm not saying he didn't deserve not. it, and yeah. proclaiming it. I,
2: I'm not. I'm not sympathetic. I'm just saying it created a different fear inside of me. Those yeah. are different I, things. No, I, I have I a problem with this
4: in that, like, they aren't in control of when he dies. They don't know for sure. That he's dead unless they go and check back like in a month. Yeah, my, my thing
3: is like just kill him.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> or, or do it you know on the...
3: Then you know he's dead.
2: Do this is worse than death. I Like this is worse than a
1: quick no, death but for what sure. What PJ saying is... It's he... not like he's going to last for long. Oh, yeah, here, he, like, we're he's saying definitely he might get, get away is, well, with, there's definitely a, dead.
3: with Barrow.
1: I mean...
2: It's a
0: so steel cast. Here's the yet. thing yeah. is... He he's going to run out of shine super quick from his system. There yeah. And they put Jade, which he cannot tolerate, inside of him. Yeah. It's going to be stuck there. He's
4: going to die. I mean, Grizzly. This dude's slippery. He's not quite as slippery as Barrow was, but like I don't know. I would have wanted to mind my I mean, he's not Houdini.
1: Yeah. Ooh.
4: The,
2: regardless, this is just—it's fucking brutal. Regardless of what we think the outcome might be on either side, this is again props to Fonda for imagining a new kind of torture that I could not have fathomed <laughs> before reading this series, including being buried alive, high on drugs. I uh, did uh, basically what's happening.
1: I did read this like very interested in what they were doing with why they were. I was like, oh, they're cool. They're burying them alive. Cool, 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 cool. I was like, oh, they're no. They're they're drilling holes. Okay. So they want to mm-hmm. keep him alive. I was like, why would they want to keep him alive? Oh. They're gonna jade poison him.
3: <laughs> I just, and yeah, then I'm you like, laughed evilly.
1: I, I don't yeah. know. I'm with Thomas. <laughs> I thought this was cool.
2: Like, it, it is cool. It's also terrifying. But here's the thing,
1: like our heroes are I think fucked Ben's up. A
3: psychopath.
0: And you gotta just lock into the story. Like our heroes are <laughs> fucked up. They're doing fucked up stuff. <laughs> And to see our heroes do this fucked up thing in such I'm a clever, evil, ingenious way, I was like, "Let's go! I don't care."
3: I'm clearly Again, not cut, KK.
2: Right, same. I, I'm. I'm clearly. I'm. I'm not. Not down with what's going on, and I understand <laughs> all of the rationales because it ultimately makes sense. Including the confusion that that is very clear and like even the flashback that Hilo has to like this fucking kid, this guy that I let go, that then ultimately like fed through the whole thing that he's misplacing for Barrow in his head. Mm-hmm. It it just it feeds into this his overall idea too as well of the the sort of undercruft of society getting a hold of Jade that he's talking about overseas becoming a big issue. And then the way that he treats them ultimately Moot's death makes sense in the overexposure sense because it is a fate worse than a bullet in the head. And oh my God, a thief a thief's death for sure. I think it's warranted. It's just I don't know that I could imagine a worth worse death for myself.
4: I don't know. I don't know that I could. It'd be pretty tough. Um mm-hmm. my my biggest issue is I, I know this is me. I don't trust any not dead until he's dead on screen. Exactly. And like there, there have been other deaths in other shows that we've, or other books that we've covered on this podcast that didn't, didn't happen on page. Show me the body. Exactly. And we've been burned by it many times. (laughs) Like, oh no, he's not actually dead. We didn't see him die, so he's not dead. And I'm until we see a body, I'm not going to be convinced that this dude's fucking dead.
0: They collected the camping lantern and tools from the empty farmhouse. It was entirely silent out here in the country. The night sky was clear and filled with stars. <laughs> None like, of the pollution or noise from so jamming reached <laughs> them, and there were no other dwellings in sight. The nearest town, Opaya, was 30 kilometers away on winding mountainous roads. As they walked back to the car. <laughs> kilo made a point of personally thinking the three nails that was what tar called his people now to def- differentiate them from Ten's fingers for spending what would have been a nice evening diligently carrying out such an unpleasant task because
1: you guys want so, to congratulate yeah. me on how good I am about predicting stuff in this book by you the way? did you
2: actually called nails <laughs> of which way back when I wanted to highlight that I was super that's, excited that's when why I kept
0: reading I was mostly just being obnoxious yeah. and being like they're like who's fucking finding this guy <laughs> How is he getting out of the situation? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I reading because the nails thing—I forgot that's what they were called when you had said it. But I like when you said it, I was like, "Oh shit, he, that is
1: definitely right." <laughs> Aaron, did you want to congratulate me?
3: We also guessed a lot of other things besides nails. Oh, okay, wow, I'm just, oh,
1: wow. <laughs> I, <think laughs> I specifically said Humble. nails, but <laughs> just the
4: look that she shot you <laughs> as she said that was. Listen, ten- <laughs> no I've never seen daggers so
2: effectively shot
1: <laughs> alright so we are friends
2: <laughs>
1: Ben you saying that
2: is not reaffirming if <laughs> <laughs> Aaron <laughs> shooting you daggers Aaron needs to say that for that to work <laughs> Aaron's <resistance laughs> at
5: silent.
3: <laughs> I was going to say I had an abortion I didn't tell you <laughs> oh no <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, no, here's Tough. a drink. <laughs> well... Yeah.
5: well.
2: Alright, so getting into the rest of this, there are a number of great notes, of course, that we get, but there's there's this line that I kind of want to dig into just a smidge here. Some people believe that with SN1, jade could be worn by anyone, but that could never be true, because if any lowlife could wear lawns jade, then jade meant nothing. The world of Green Bones meant nothing. The sheer nihilistic possibility horrified Hilo to his core." Nopi clan was a t- like a tiger and this thief like a rat. But even the largest, most powerful creature would fear a plague of rats moving in the dark with sharp teeth and carrying disease. It was imbalanced nature, a sign of an accelerating fundamental wrongness in the world that even this moment couldn't set right. And I, I, this quote is wonderfully written to encompass kind of the I- ideology behind Jade and sort of the way that like that's internalized within heavy greenbone bone culture. On the other side, there's something interesting that's been happening over the course of this novel where we've shifted from calling the drug that gives the capability from s from Shine to SN1. It's become legitimized over the course of the last several hundred pages. And that's, I think, something worth remarking upon.
1: Much more of a threat, like a global situation now. And they're kind of feeding into this and... I don't know. That's part of obviously part of their conundrum, but yeah, I do like that call out. That is interesting how that's, it's become much more of a, a global piece and a real thing, not just like. Yeah. Street drug. Yeah.
4: The first half of that passage comes off in my head as a little bit petulant, almost like, no, damn it. I'm special. Nobody else can have my special abilities and like it's, it, it's it's a little bit more than that because it's also sacred mm-hmm. but that's the core of what he's getting to is if any lowlife can wear Lon's jade then jade means nothing and like he, 40s, yep. he he's saying that like the jade itself and the spiritual and like cultural importance of it is the only important thing not not its actual powers not mm-hmm. not the raw power of jade. Just the only important thing in his head, or or the primary importance is the cultural, familial, and and spiritual importance of it.
3: I kind of read it and that
4: with
2: that gives power.
3: He had a it was a sense of grief, like if this fucking low life rat is wearing Lons jade that takes you know, that means lawn wasn't worth anything.
2: And, and it gets back to the moment that he has back in Jade city when lawn's being buried. And he's thinking about the idea of like where he's buried, how he's taken care of. And sort of those last wishes that he could make to the gods. It's like, I don't believe in last wishes. I don't think lawn did, but at the same time, I'm going to avenge you. And now he's sitting here in the moment of vengeance and, he is instead confronted with almost like a religious experience of what does it mean if someone else picks up this thing and uses it like an item as opposed to a religious idol? Heavy, heavy end.
1: The idea of the imagery and the like idea of like a tiger being overrun by a plague of rats was very interesting, I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just like really good imagery.:
0: Yeah.
2: Do you think it's telling of anything?
1: It does seem like it, and like that's kind of the tide that they're up against, it seems like, and they're trying to keep the cork on the bottle, but it's it's coming off. Mm -hmm.
2: Cool. Love that. I would love to end there, but we have one more little note here to kind of talk about, and that's this final moment in which the jade has been reclaimed. Moot has been buried in the ground to scratch himself to death trying to get the couple of jade stones that Hilo has plucked out of his own fucking skin <laughs> in sort of some kind of... I there's, there's something interesting about his choice to pull his own jade out of his chest as opposed to anything else, and to, and to give that up, not necessarily like his iconic collarbone jade, but other jade that's been embedded in him, and to to put that on him as like a sense of vengeance and revenge to torture Moot until he eventually claws himself to death I thought or it, suffocates.
3: I thought it was his collarbone jade.
4: Yeah, and they plucks it out of his, like it's embedded I, in his chest. I thought he said chest,
2: but not necessarily the collarbone studs. Like he has other t- studs that go down, but I, I don't think it's a collarbone. Stud. Oh, really? Yeah, specifically, I think it says chest, which is not. He specifies because he's got six up here and he's got others. But regardless, they're important Jade studs that are embedded in him, of which I think is far more serious than someone pulling out an earring and dropping it in the grave.
1: Yeah, for sure.
3: And he's obviously not going to leave any of Lon's Jade.
2: Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. of course not. Cause it, that is meant to be reclaimed for the family and for Nico and there's this wonderful scene that happens to kind of round out the chapter where Kila gets to kind of have this interesting moment where he gets to kind of show him Lon's Jade that he will eventually inherit, we assume, and what that means for him in the future. I don't know what you what' you think of that scene that moment?
4: Mm. Q- I think you should have put all of it on him. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Get him used to it right now. Super baby. Just, like <laughs>
0: murder a baby?
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: You think that, that would kill him?
3: Yeah, I they're, not, they're not ready. That.
1: It said no, they can true. have a little jaded exposure. Just a little. As a treat. They <laughs> yeah, can have a sip of wine.
0: Yeah, I guess it New was Year's cute, Eve, but
1: everything with Nico just makes me feel it's bad. It's a little gross. Yeah. Wow.
3: No. Because of the way he came into the family.
1: I have a hard time with that stuff. Get over it. It's
2: fair. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Love that. Cool. All right. Well, that is the end of the chapters of this week. With that, our closing thoughts. Who won the week? Who do we think? Who do we pitch? Kilo? All right. Yeah. Why why then? I thought
3: Hilo was Aaron. doing good.
1: I think I mean he had a successful to, trip to Espinia. He made new
3: friends. He made
1: some new friends. And he got Bonds shade back. Yep. Hard to hard to disagree.
4: This was also a very, very heavy Hilo week.
1: Like Yeah.
3: I didn't think Shade did very yeah. good.
1: <laughs> no, Shay did bad.
3: <laughs> and did okay. And did okay. Yeah. yeah. Stood he's up still for kind of annoying, Anton. He's getting better, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, he's still. <laughs> and then, own. like, when didn't do shit.
2: Yeah, Ron so. was not in the screen. Toro, not right, even Rone Toro It's on being my honorable pregnant.
1: mention list. Rone Toro. Yeah. Ron had a. He pretty didn't like
3: week.
0: do anything. though. Yeah, he only really mentioned like she was too yeah, late to talk. We just her. kind of learned about him.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know, for me, I think Moot won the week because revenge serves no one, and his death ultimately <laughs> is a good thing. And so I think Moot won because because he died. Yeah, he learned the ultimate lesson.
0: Mm-hmm. Reasonable, <laughs> good idea. Just kidding. I'm totally with you on
2: Hilo. What? 100 percent Hundred
0: percent. Yeah, I don't know if there's an argument even against it. Really, this I, week. I, yeah,
2: I, I don't. I don't know if there is a better option. But I do the like Ron thing... Toro as a backup. Uh,
1: hmm, maybe
2: or do- Losen.
1: Doubt I think. Yeah, makes could come up too. More yeah. sense.
0: Kilo also, I just want to mention, brought in 800 million dollars, or Thalers, to his clan. Huge dub. Yeah, But other than that, just agreeing with everybody else.
4: Yeah, that's a All lot right. of money. We assume. Cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll we know it's down. a lot, because they do a conversion earlier in, like, a previous book, but we don't know, like, the exact rate, but it's a lot. We, it's they like do a conversion billions. to
4: a different currency that we're not but, familiar but, with.
0: Yeah, but it's... The, but like we know it's a it's, ton it's a of Tetanese to money, thousand. basically. Yeah,
2: we, we know that it's like a dollar to thousands. thousand. Yeah, so like 800 is like at least
0: to, a, more than yeah. a billion of Tetanese money. Yeah. The end.
2: I that, think. That's as close as we can get to approximating. Same idea.
0: Next week is our seventh episode where we will be reading chapters 44
4: through 53. So that's where we'll leave you for this week. Thank you as ever to Tim and Andrew for helping us keep the show's lights on thank you a lot of people put in a lot of work including all five of us we do a lot to to make sure this show keeps going but those two never get like on the mic or they rarely get on the mic, so we want to always shout them out. You can check out the links to all kinds of stuff in the show notes. You can find the schedule, the Patreon, previous episodes, websites, social media accounts, all in one convenient location. Miles, his Instagram handle will be in there. Yeah, check, check him out. He's great. We love him.
2: We also want to take a moment to thank our new Barback patron Marcus Thompson. Thank you so much, Marcus, for hopping on going, as a patron.
1: Whoop, whoop. Thank you. I love you.
2: Mucha. We love you so much. As PJ had mentioned, you can find us in all the social media Words Whiskey Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Words and Whiskey Show, gmail.com, patreon.com forward slash words and whiskey. And our t shirts are on TeePublic until our screen printer works properly. <laughs> <laughs> and then we will do them ourselves. But beyond that,
3: also, don't forget to rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, we'll obviously put you in a box and bury you alive except for a tube of air. But for you, we'll fill the box with cockroaches.
1: Mm, I was thinking scorpions. Ah!
2: Either is bad. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know which I'd like. We'll less throw a mix of both in there for yeah, you,
4: scorpions. scorpions.
0: For me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> With that we'll see you next week. Come on.
0: Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather.